thoughts, we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals for the most part with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Low Weekly Call. We've got Ammer out in Etobicoke, Ontario. We've got John in Kelowna, BC. And myself, Austin, in Elmer, Quebec. How are we on this lovely Tuesday evening, gentlemen? Pretty good. What's going on with you? Well, I'm in the middle of an extremely busy but productive week. Um, Quite honestly, I am shocking myself with how much volume uh, a roofing business can do relative to a painting business, to be honest. It's actually shocking. What, what do you mean? In revenue like or just, sales? Like the revenue per employee. Yeah, just like revenue per day type thing. It's actually like for the first time in my life, I have a pretty large sales and marketing shortage that's creeping up on me in like late July, early August. Wait, what do you mean? You have no more work to sell? No, I have a lot of work to sell. Like I need to sell for that those months. Oh. Like I have a sales and marketing shortage is what I'm saying. How much I've always thought that currently? like uh eight fifty. And how much more do you have to book for the summer? About I, I at this point about another eight fifty. Oh that's insane. So you think you're you you think that you'll have you at one point seven by the end of the summer? That's the new goal, yeah. That's fucking insane. That's insane. How about are you gonna you're gonna work into the fall as well, or is that how does yeah? Work it's that it, way? it's it's a November thirtieth hard stop. Oh, okay. Is it well, is maybe, it? Let's call it. November is it as 15th. productive in the in the winter as the fall or sorry the summer? Uh, or how does it no. Work? As soon as we hit October first, we uh we essentially operate at like anywhere from sixty to seventy five percent capacity depending on the day. That's still a lot of revenue, man. That's insane. Yeah, like, Wait, I'm so confused. Didn't I ask you last week if you were expected to make over 350? How are you not making 350 on 1.8 mil? Um, yeah, but that's what I said. To, I, the way I answered that question was saying, like, you asked me if I'm going to make that money. Like, Austin, you know, like, no is the answer, right? Oh, but your corporation is? Oh, fuck off, Hammer. <laughs> you know the difference, though. Like, no, I, but that's, that's not what I'm... Okay, Yeah, but bad, it's like, okay, bad. you're going to make that, but what are you going to do with it? You're going to reinvest a lot of it, and, mm-hmm. like, you know, so... Okay, that's good. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean... No, um, I got you, I got you. It, it's, it's a lot of, like... Like, it's honestly just about... I've realized that finding the right crew 
and uh in working with them to make sure both of our structures really coincide in terms of like what they are looking for in a roofing contractor and what you're looking for in a roofing crew and it takes about a month a month and a half to really get aligned and then when you're on the same page um it's actually kind of crazy like uh like it, it at the end of this month at the end of may i will have produced pretty much what i produced all of last year which in is one like, month no in two months in april and may I, I I always okay. I I think it's the reason I ask these questions is because yeah, it just doesn't revenue doesn't translate. Revenue doesn't translate. So. No, you're right. It's it's it it's a jump from like a thirty five, uh, like I would say last year I even like close to forty percent, right, in gross profit, and here we're looking at I guess let me just th- let me just actually think about this for a second. I would say it was around net bottom line net was like 30 uh with the painting business with the painting business bottom line net with the roofing business is more like 20 between 18 and 20 and how come it's how could like what what, what's is it just because you can't make as much money off the uh the product or is it yeah pretty much yeah like if i had if i ran a 1.5 or 1.75 uh in a year with employees in theory, it's more profitable by about eight to ten percent. Um, but in practice, you end up being a much slower with employees because they're, you know, you could pay them piecework, but roofers who are down to work for piecework just start their own crew, <laughs> right? So I it's see. like that's how it works, unfortunately. But it's not necessarily uh, unfortunately. I don't know if I would accept that as a fact, though. There's there's a lot of you can say the same thing about painters. I mean, it seems reasonably rate. logical, though. Based well, on roofers, what? well, because roofers Based have a skill logic. set that's very different. No, but what <laughs> logic? <laughs> what logic are we using? No, roofers have a roofers have a skill set that's so much more uh, like unique, and there's a lot more liability, and there's a lot more risk involved in roofing. So, if you're a really good roofer and you're down to work, you know, like ten hours a day in the sun, and you don't start your own roofing business, uh, like entirely and you're going to be an employee of another company the, if you're down to work for piecework meaning you're not getting paid hourly right like because a roofing business who pays the roofers hourly has to have roofers that are really fast all the time and never get demotivated by the fact that they're paid hourly so because uh, obviously there'd be no difference to them if they were like oh i'm paid for 10 hours today whether i finish the roof or not um in the other side, like from the other position, it's like, well, if you're going to get paid on piecework, you might as well not work for that individual and start your, you know, take two or three of your other roofers and start a roofing crew and go and take work from other roofing contractors and get them to pay you the most. Right. Like. That's the current state of the roofing market, really. There's employees for sure. And and I want to get there by the end of the year. Um. Yeah, but the the only assumption I was pointing out is that's assuming that they can get their own work and assuming that they want to manage their own work. It's a very big assumption. Well, the difference, the only difference in roofing between an employee and a subcontractor would be um, that you control their hours and you tell them what to do and they have to listen. Other than that, they're going to do the exact same thing. Yeah. I think the confusion here, Amr, I think you're thinking that 
like when 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 Austin's saying run their own crew, he's not saying go source their own jobs and market Correct. their own business. Correct. He's saying post an ad and roofing companies will say, hey, we have jobs, you know, come work for us, right? Like as a sub trade, that's what he means, and it makes sense, right? I mean, what 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 is it that you don't understand about that? If a, if a roofing if someone who's competent at roofing has their own crew, they have the decision of not making money off their other their fellow crew workers mm-hmm. and getting paid hourly to be works as an employee. Okay, they're going to probably choose the sub trade because they're going to make more money and pre- and have probably more freedom. Okay, over their schedule. Then you get the situation of do they want to work piece rate for someone or piece rate for themselves? Again, it it seems like it's a pretty logical thing to say. I'd rather you know. Now in saying this though. I would say that I would be more on Amherst side on this, Austin, if we weren't in a boom time. During mm-hmm. a recession, I think that I think this, this oh. conversation would be a lot different. I was actually just talking to a client about that the other day. Um, they were like, hey, like, uh, must be pretty hard to find these guys, eh? I'm like, yep. <laughs> and they were and because they, they're also an employer. And uh, and we were talking about how, like, in the last 15 years, he's seen the market literally go like this from being an employer's market to a worker's market. And he just told me how he used to have, like he used to not really even have to try to recruit employees. He would have such a large pool to interview from every week if he wanted to. Um, And he could hold people to so much of a higher standard because, because there's always competition of people that are applying for the same job. Whereas now he's like, I have to, I'm finding myself catering to people's bullshit all the time. Yeah, dude, that's honestly that was one just, of the things I was going to bring up today was yeah, like yeah, just the amount of bullshit like, you have to put up it's with. It's actually right insane. It's like what like John, do you like you're you read a lot about like econo- about economics. Do you have your finger on the pulse of exactly the economic change that caused this like shift from like like COVID stimulus I know is discussed very widely to to this effect but like what changed the market from being an employer's market to an employee's market well i mean i guess what you mean by employer's market versus employee's market is uh supply and demand of of, of both of those yeah pretty much so i mean right now there's a massive demand for now and, and take in mind two different industries are gonna have different dynamics of this right so it's like in our industry, so home home improvement, I would say that's like our category, okay? Um, there's massive demand, uh, you know, and is it, you know, there's been pretty big demand for a long time. And I think that a lot of it has to do with inflation. Uh, you know, and I think that a lot of people's, the, uh, the primary, like, especially here in Canada, the primary uh, retirement account for most people is their home. And because of all of the government stimulus, that that home's gone up in value like crazy. And so their ability to borrow and against that and uh, spend that the higher contractors is obviously increased dramatically. I mean, if you look at a place like Kelowna, you know, I was just looking at BC assessment today. Just I just I, I like just like look to look at properties that we're working on mm-hmm. and things like that. And some of these properties since last year have gone up five to six hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god, dude! So, so like obviously doing a 15K that money, paint job is like nothing. Yeah, well, even doing a two hundred thousand dollar reno is is is, you know, is is there right? So you know, so so that's obviously that's that's creating a lot of stimulus, and then obviously because of that, there's a massive demand for contractors, and so then contractors have to hire employees, and you know, but but then of course, uh, 
I'm making more money, I'm hiring more people, those people, I'm willing to pay them more because I want to attract better talent. Those people are now all of a sudden people that weren't going to restaurants are going to restaurants. And because people are going to restaurants, the restaurant people are making more money, they're doing more renos, because they're doing more renos, there's more demand, right? I mean, it's just kind of a cycle, right? Like it's, um, it's like, you know, insane. I mean, effectively, like, you know, like, you know, it, it really simply like, you know, one person's income, sorry, one person's spending is another person's income. And then that person's income is their, you know, ultimately will become their spending, which is another person's income. And so it goes in a good way. But of course, um, <laughs> people's ability to borrow against their future income increases their ability to spend now, which increases someone's income now, which then in the eyes of the bank allows them to borrow more against their future income, Dude. which of course, so, <clears throat> so then of course I... that, that's so of course just, that, like that that never stops either. Well, no, it it absolutely does stop because um eventually all of the debt that that is accumulated has to be repaid. And so like because uh like a, a portion of people's income goes towards uh like the, a, a, an expense line in people's balance sheets, like whether it be a business or an individual, and there's no difference, by the way, like, like, if you look at the the economics of a business versus an individual's balance sheet, or their income statement, it's, you know, there's maybe more line items or in a in a, right. in a corporate statement, but it's effectively the same difference, like one corporation spending is someone else's income, yeah. right? So it's no different. Um, but anyway, so debt service is really important. So like, people like you know so as more and more debt is accumulated more and more of the person's income has to go towards paying that debt which of course over time that decreases their spending so then and then so then it can actually go back the other way so like the same way that i just described it how it all can go up it then can come back down the other direction where basically one person cuts their spending to try and pay off some of their debt but then, of course, that decreases someone else's income. So then that person has to cut their uh, spending to pay down their debt. And then it spirals out of control until everyone feels like they're, you know, at a better place with their debt. And then it can kind of swing back the other way. Right. Yeah. And then that's that's like a cyclical, you know, thing. Right. So I guess what you're saying is government stimulus is the uh is the accelerator of all of this which I, I i obviously it's been discussed widely already but i never thought of how one person's lending like spending well it's one person getting lent money by a bank like it, well people earning more increases their lending ability the amount they get lent is someone else's income. Mm. Yeah, but lent isn't even the right word, actually. It's actually, it's better to think More... that someone is borrowing their future earnings because they're not being, they're not borrowing someone else's income. Or sorry, they're not borrowing right. someone else's income. They're not else's borrowing, money. right. Very the rarely. Created. Yeah, yeah. Very rarely are you borrowing someone else's income. Or sorry, sorry, you're borrowing someone else's money. Like, it's not like, I put a thousand dollars in the bank and the bank takes my thousand dollars and loans it to someone else, right? Like that's not actually what happened. I mean, there's, there's some of that going on, but not really. Like most of what we're actually talking about is actually just like imaginary. That's like, 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 like for example, like when I spend money on my visa, 
whose money is that? It's not sitting like there's no like there's no Visa yeah, account yeah. that I'm borrowing from. I'm borrowing from my own assets. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm not even Dude. actually. It's it's an unsecured it's an unsecured line of credit basically, right? But where so, where that's a fiction like that didn't exist like before is. like credit cards are pretty phenomenal if you think about it so dude get this okay about six weeks ago i think on the podcast we had a discussion and you said something that really threw me for a loop mentally you said when someone gets loaned money through a bank or a mortgage or uh whatever that money didn't exist before correct okay now that makes perfect sense but i have never had that thought before so that was really weird to me i was like okay so when the day comes that i go get a mortgage the bank's gonna essentially give whoever i'm buying a house or land or whatever from um all that money and then they're going to like they create the money they give it to the person i'm buying it from and then i pay it back over time um which made me realize that like we work with a financing company that we offer to our clients to afford projects. And so like I did my first project where the final payment came through a financing company. And when I got sent that money and that money hit my account after they had been approved and we went through like the release of funds and the proof that the project was done and all these things, um, that money hit my account and I was like, Oh my God, this is the first time this money has touched anyone this is this money didn't exist four seconds ago that might not be true that might not be i understand there is what i'm getting lent or who who's lent yeah yeah there is actually private lending like there is private lending institutions where people actually do put their money into a fund that's then lent out like that that there actually is like those do exist yeah yeah right yeah but i'm talking specifically about like a mortgage at a at a big five bank yeah, because there's even so, private lending institutions where they are actually lending private, like it's pri- you know private, like private equity. Like they are yeah. lending um, real, real money, but they yeah. charge real interest rates <laughs> because it's real money. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so you're you know you're gonna be paying eight to twelve percent probably for for private money right now, yeah, depending yeah. on what you're buying or whatever, right? Whereas if you're buying from a big five bank, you're probably gonna get under five. Yeah. Anyway, kind of a, a mind scramble, but um, anyway, but that, but that's why, but that's why it's an it's an employee's market, right? But that, but that will flip back. But at the same time, though, I mean, you know, it's it's easy to find clients, hard to find painters. You know, at some point know, in time, I, I, it'll be hard to find clients, but easy to find painters, right? Like I would say, during COVID, it was a good blend of you can find painters you can find like last year for example or was it no 2021 2020 uh you could find painters and you could you could find clients last last year i don't know if you noticed it was a little bit easier to find clients and a little bit harder to find painters yes this year way harder to find painters way easier to find (laughs) clients right yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. but my bet is is that next year um you know, and this, you know, put on your fucking tinfoil hats kind of thing. Yeah. But I would say that next year, I mean, this is just pure speculation, of course, yeah. but I would say next year, um, it'll most likely be harder to find clients and easier to find painters. Right. And I mean, I don't know if you've right. even noticed that already. I'm already starting to notice that trend even already. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say I don't have my finger on the pulse anymore because, uh, 
I'm not always looking for employees as much as I was. Oh yeah, I guess because you're, you're doing this. But I can see good, that. Yeah. I can see that though. I think that I'm I'm good. I'm like totally overstaffed at this point. You know, like That's for the awesome. first time in a long time, I had an employee say, "Hey, I have a friend who's looking for a job," and I said, "Yeah, okay, send them my application." I mean, I don't know if we actually have room for them right now, but like, I definitely would want to interview them. Like, if they're an A player, I yeah. could you know slash yeah. off the bottom and you know put someone at yeah. the top kind of thing, right? So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which wouldn't be yeah. the worst idea. I mean, it'd be kind of nice to kind of cycle out some of the, the riffraff. Yeah. How many employees do you have going now, John? 20. Wow. And is Jocelyn managing them all, or you have two managers now? Like Sorry, Jocelyn in, is included in that number. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, so have, two, we have two managers, two managers. now. Cool. Yeah, two managers. One, I mean, I would say that jocelyn is like the head of operations and then she has i mean you could effectively say that noah is like her assistant to some Mm -hmm. degree but i would say that he has pretty defined roles like moving equipment training people um he's more of like a maybe like a team lead she's more of like an operations manager and then uh and then and then just a a shit ton of painters um but i'm really fortunate because i have like a hundred and seventy thousand dollar project so i can basically throw as as many people as i want on that project and i can just train them right then and there and if they're good i keep them that's actually such a blessing it's basically a training facility for me yeah unreal like you yeah it's honestly i had one job like this where it was nowhere near the same size but you like block off a portion of it that was like the training zone yeah no it's awesome (laughs) and what's what's super surprising though is that our retention has so far has been pretty solid we had a little bit of issues early in the spring but so far it's been pretty solid um haven't really had much of the issue um nice so it's been you were saying the bullshit though what's what's i'll I'll share some bullshit for sure i'm just curious to know well i would say that it's most if i was to sit down and really think about it i would even say as i say this out loud it's probably gonna it's probably gonna what i'm about to say is probably gonna be true but it's I would say that it's it's probably less other people's bullshit. It's probably more my own bullshit. You mm. know what I mean? But it's coming like you know like there's there's it's it's highly unlikely that the world is fucked up and I'm perfect, which is how it feels at times. For sure, I think a lot of like what I mean by bullshit like... is like it like I would say that there's a in in my opinion there's a general la- lack of um like what's showing up in my life right now is there's it, it seems to be a general lack of effort to uh um how would i put it uh to make the relationship as good as it could be with me like as in people are willing to people are willing to in my opinion obviously do things that are not to the betterment of of the of, of the relationship whether it be romantic relationships you know friendships employee relationships client relationships it seems like people are very much willing to burn bridges or act in a certain way that's very fucking clearly not for the betterment of the relationship. Like I've even noticed this with clients too, where it's like, oh, like you're just trying to fuck me right now. Okay. Like we'll just, we'll just casually just act as if that, you know, like we'll just kind of, you know, and it's like, not like in a, like, it's not like they're not trying to fuck me like in an aggressive way. They're trying to like lightly fuck me. So it's like, it's better, you know, it's like, you know, like. Like you're in a, like a crowded, you know, you're at like a concert and someone's like groping your ass and you're like, fuck it. It just is what it is. Right. Like, what am I going to do? Turn around and try and find the, like the guy who's groping my ass. No, I'm just going to fucking let it happen. Right. So it's like, there's a lot of that shit going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, just, just, and it's like, you know, what you, what you, 
what you tolerate is or what you promote or what you tolerate is what you promote or something like that you know some 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 nonsense quote like that yeah. anyway there's some level of that too you know but there's also a certain level of like uh it's still a workable relationship to some degree but yeah for sure no you, you just I mean? notice like, that it's not but i don't even think drawn like i know exactly what you're talking about and i don't even think it's intentional i think that like what's acceptable in the market and what gets by now and what gets hired is now entropied into this like lessened state of what oh totally totally well that's why i was saying that i think it's less actually the world more me like i think that i just have yeah. exceptionally high standards for other people and myself yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah, and so yeah. yeah but but so it's like is it really fair to put those standards on the world and say oh fucking you guys can't jump seven feet fuck you right like it's not like so that's why i'm saying like as i say this out loud it's 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 obvious like I just need to kind of recalibrate myself because it's it's causing a bit of like frustration where it's like, you know, I'm thinking here like, really? Like you fucking couldn't just do that one extra thing, you know, like you just couldn't sweep up that one little piece of dust there. Like, or, you know, like, you know, like something like that, or like you right, really thought yeah. it was a good idea. You really didn't know you yeah. had to come to work today, you know, like, okay, you know, or <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's like, you said you yeah. did this, but it's like, when I do the math, just off the top of my head, it seems like the time doesn't really make sense. You know, you yeah, said you made 60 yeah, phone yeah. calls and and I'm just thinking like, you know, it took you five hours. I'm just thinking like, you know, the, the, the time per, you know, phone calls, the time doesn't add up here. Like, you know, they're like obviously like, you know, like did you like, were you making phone calls and then like tripped and then like had to go to the hospital and come back because it doesn't, you know, like, because it doesn't, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, this door took you three hours. Really? Like you didn't, there was no scrolling on your phone, you know, or yeah, but it's yeah. like, you know, what, what are you going to do? Right. And then it's like, it took you how many days to collect this payment? Right. Or like, you really couldn't move equipment at this time. You know, it's like, it's just, you know, or like you had to sleep no, in know, until this exactly, time, you know, I know exactly so, what you mean. It is what it is, but I mean, you know, it doesn't seem like a, a it, 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 it seems like a, a very long way to happiness to try and change the world, right? It's probably much easier for me to just kind of, you know, go pick up a good book and just fuck off with it. For sure. I think there's also a way to introduce a conversation that's more supportive towards uh, the person who is doing those things, right? Like, because when you're- For sure. Like, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, because like, because I know, the, I, I know the, what you mean. Yeah, I'm not saying that there's 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 obviously nothing wrong with what either of us are doing about these things and and these like situations that we encounter with employees or subcontractors. Like, it's just a matter of there's I I I I truly believe there's always a bigger cause as to why something inefficient like that would happen. I I think that deep down, like you said the employee or whoever you're working with knows that what they did wasn't perfect. And they're trying to really do their best to like make it sound like it's normal and acceptable. And because it's not unacceptable, it's not like, it's just like, wow, that's way off or that's not even close. It's just like, Oh, it was done at 75 or 80%. Like for me, it was something recent where we got to a roof, the whole roof in terms of how the wall flashing was fed onto the roof was done incorrectly by the previous roofer and wasn't very obvious until you were looking at it on the roof at, at 30 feet high. 
And so we went back to the client. We're like, hey, like we can do this again, or we can completely rip out some of your siding and reflash the house and put the siding back on, for example. So the client was like, you know what? You're up there. You might as well do it. So then this massive add-on happened on the first day, and these roofers were excited because it was more, a lot more on their, uh, like for them to get paid. Um, but then everything was done perfectly, like this really intricate thing that got added on like this. They perfected. It was perfect. And then Mark went back and did the final inspection of all their work. And it, it was a massive house. Like this is like a 4,400 square foot roof and probably like 150 linear feet of wall flashing to sub out under the siding and all these things. 120 foot length, they just reused the old flashing. Out of 150 linear feet, they just reused the old flashing, which is extremely obvious because there's new flashing that's perfectly new and black and freshly painted. And then there's the old flashing, which is like 30 years old with like paint droplets on it from when the siding got stained years before all these things. And Mark was like, what was this? And they're like, yeah, well, it was re it was one of the pieces that was reusable. So like we just reused it. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, but you can like obviously see it from their deck. Like it just doesn't look great. And they're like, yeah, I know. But why use the new material if the old one's going to do just as just as good? And it's like am I really, do we really, are we really having this conversation, you know? And then it's like, Hey, I'm thinking in their shoes, like they obviously know why I'm saying this. They're not lost. Like they know that the new, the flashing that was there, that was meant to be installed. We had enough material could have just been subbed out like the rest of the house, but something happened that they're not willing to share. It's like they were rushed. One of their other crew members needed to go, uh, all these things, right? Like, I think there's always a more likely explanation to yeah. underneath. Yeah, yeah. Like it's yeah, not yeah. it's not just like, oh well, it was gonna be great, it would have worked. It, it it it's still usable. We were able to salvage it. It's like, okay, I'm sure it was salvageable, but like why did you really do it? <laughs> like like is it because you're stressed about something, you needed to be somewhere else? Like, I don't know. Like I always ask those questions because I find often than not that there's something, right? Like yeah, why did you do you, like why you did really, you take like, three hours? Why did you I mean, take three I, I, hours to paint the front door? It's like, well, I don't know. It's like, is it be you knew that taking three hours was completely way too long, right? It's like, yeah. Well, why didn't you call me when you were an hour and a half in and knew you were going to take three hours? Um, like I'm hearing you, but like, do you really want to like solve these things for the rest of your life? Because I, I, I guess, thing, I guess no. I honestly I, don't. Like, like, there's no part yeah, of like, you so know, that's the like, difference maybe there is you. some people that are like super stoked about these, but like honestly, like that's why I, I just like I love looking at companies because none of this exists i mean like it exists in the numbers but i don't have to like like i could like i like you know what i mean like 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 if a business has someone who is able to solve these human relations problems it'll show up in their in their income statement like you know like some businesses oh, might be man. more profitable than another because they have you know maybe they treat their employees better like costco for example you know like they have like so incredible employee retention right so it's like okay awesome but I don't have to be the one fucking doing it, you know? Like it's like just not just not my not my thing, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very, very, very good point. But like I guess like people get a kick out of that, like the same way that like I enjoy sales, but then someone else is like, I don't like sales. It's like, okay, well sweet. I'm glad that there's, you know, there's a you and there's a me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kinda interesting. It's uh <clears throat> I guess I, I guess I not, I guess the, there's a personal side of me that kind of wants to know the bottom of it, but like the, the, I don't know, whatever you call it, the, 
business side of me or the professional side of me doesn't like i don't want to actually have the conversation um, yeah i just i i i don't know i find myself more and more focusing less on like the details like not like and i'm not saying like the details isn't like following the systems or something like that but like I don't know. Like I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't even know how to even just voice what I'm gonna try and say right now. But I'll just. I'll, I'll try. I'll just. Maybe I'll just shoot it. But like, <laughs> I feel more like a river that's just flowing. Just tr- you know, just bashing up against the rocks and just f- going the same direction, right? But I'm not like. It's not like a water gun. There's no precision here. I'm just kind of moving down, right? And it's just like an yeah. like, un- unrelenting force. It's like. Oh, yeah, yeah. you're sick? Who gives a fuck? Oh, you get bit by a black widow? Who gives a fuck? Okay, these people has people pass away in their life? Who gives a fuck? Let's just keep flowing. Oh, this yeah. car is totaled? Okay, sweet. We're just going to keep fucking moving here. You know? Yeah. You know why you feel that way? Why? Because you have volume. You have a good volume of employees, a good volume of sales, and a good volume of cash. Yeah, man, I, I think so. I think it honestly, I think it smooths things over a lot in a really in a, in a really helpful. It, it, honestly, it's super beneficial. It's a good point that you bring that up, man. Because, uh, yeah, it's a good point. That, that's all that is. Because I experienced the opposite uh, this past uh, two weeks. Yeah, you get hung I, up on the details when when you. I had to get it. I had to get out hung up on the detail because for whatever reason, my volume was lower than last month. So my precision on that one call had to be way, way higher because there's less volume. No, but I'm, I, I know what you mean on that. I'm because I'm, I actually, that's why I was trying to say not about the details of the systems. I'm not talking about, um, no, I'm talking about after the sale is done. You don't yeah. care if he closed it or didn't you're moving on. No, no, I'm no, saying, that's actually not, that's no, that's, that's not what I'm, that, I was trying to say. That's not what I was trying to say execution still matters but i'm saying how i achieve that execution seems to matter less to me Mm. like like if it takes two guys and one's gonna show up sick but the other guy's gonna work the weekend to finish it like okay fucking cool like you know i mean it doesn't have to be like this perfect picture perfect thing where it's like everything's you know going quote unquote the way you wanted it to originally right like for example if you know like the one that i keep thinking of is like you know imagine army right it's like dude there's gonna be people dying everywhere on the battlefield but like the general is not like you know focusing on that like he's trying to outmaneuver right it's like there's gonna be death there's gonna be blood there's gonna be you know your top general is gonna fucking die it's just the nature of it right like yeah know. it's because you have a lot of men yes yes that, so we're in agreement, but I just want to point that nonchalantness or that different in, in perspective, it comes from an abundance mentality. It's I like, think oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be I, another job, there'll be another painter, there'll be another, 100%. yes. Yeah, 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 you're right. That's I, have an, I, I very much have an abundance mindset, right? Like, oh, that investment didn't go very well? Sweet, there's going to be another one, right? Like, it's not the end of the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually what I wanted to share this week is because I was on the other side of that. Mm. And I was like, oh, like I just need to start focusing on volume because that will just wave everything, you know, sales cures all, you know, they, they all. So, so, they, okay. They so you had, you had two good months. So is it safe to say that, that, uh, was it April or is it May that that's so far is, is much slower? Well, and, well, um, slower in result, but not in, in input, same inputs, same does inputs, different output. That the, the input is not, is not there. Uh, not anymore 
because it, it's just like the pen like not the sales anymore pen. as in like an hour ago you're not you weren't you were scared and you aren't now and this is call or like like what's yeah. not anymore like when was that when was the when yeah. was the and more part? well just the last two days i was just like okay i'm just gonna i'm just gonna make more calls and then i just did and then now i have like the most amount of meetings lined up for, for the so suite. were you fearful when you weren't taking action but now that you're taking action you feel calm again Mm-mm. I was fearful okay. when I wasn't getting the outputs, but then I realized okay. I can't control the outputs. I can only control the input. Sometimes no, no, I know, can... but but like, what are your general thoughts on on the? Because there uh, is it safe to say that it's inconsistent so far? Like you haven't. We we need to wrap up this month before. Like I don't know. I actually, don't. okay, okay. Well, sorry. I just you're the one that threw in. The, it, it's slow, so I just I was trying to comment on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, yeah, well, for the first ten days, yeah. For sure. I suppose for you, but it's then, probably also hard to understand why that may be the case at any given moment. Because like I, at any given moment, I can pretty much explain why it is something's happening with my painting business. You know, and maybe I, that's I can actually, I, I, I can actually okay. explain it. Which is oh, the okay, weather. Okay. The weather got better, so most of my ideal customers are away from their phones and actually on the tools, because it's just the weather across North America has gotten really good in the past ten days. So makes sense. I, yeah. Yeah. And I expect in the next week and a half, it's going to be the same, but then everybody's going to fall back to the old habits and they're going to start seeing the same problems. Yeah. So this is just, every contractor's busy time of the year. They're not exactly calls. like, I'll tell you right now, if I got a phone call from a consultant, there's a fucking 0% chance I'm returning the person's call. But if they called me in the fall, when I'm like in a very reflective state, I'm counting my fucking dollars. Like what a good year. I'm probably more receptive. Right. There's yeah, so for the cycles first, to it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, just I was studying my numbers from last year. My best month with was June, but then May was so slow. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So which, I'm not not too concerned. Which exactly right? But but imagine imagine being the like imagine being the first guy who sold chocolate. <laughs> right, like he'd be like, January's like, wow, man, we just fucking can't sell chocolate. Fucking get out of business. February hits. All of a sudden, man, February fourteenth, man, everyone just wants to buy fucking you know chocolate like what the fuck like what a busy day man we didn't even have enough on the fucking shelves and it's like okay well sweet like fucking make more and it's like three, yeah, like a week dude. after valentine's day it's like dude what the fuck no one's buying chocolate anymore then it's like yeah dude what's the fuck they're all talking about this fucking easter bunny they're all buying chocolate again what the hell is going on here right <laughs> and you know it's yeah. like wait it turns out that during the summer you That's can't amazing. one move chocolate and no one wants to eat chocolate during the summer because it melts too quick it's like damn we should we should get an ice cream business because this chocolate shit's bullshit right and then yeah. and then, you know so it's like but like so it, it's just it, it reminds I, I know i always talk about seize candy but it's like the yeah. chocolate business there's basically like three times the year where you sell like 90 percent of your product right mm, that's yeah but the, but the tough part basically things were going so well for the last three months that i forgot some of the habits that i built over the, the year before that when nothing was happening mm. which is basically this is kind of the thing with, as an entrepreneur it's like oh it's like i have to build the sales script like i have to write each word on the sales script and i don't know if it's going to work so i have to test it i don't know if there's fast and slow seasons because this is only my second year exactly ever yeah. ever and yeah, even yeah. and even then That's it's like insane, we're not, by the way it's just like this constant blindness you know it's like i'm running imagine running down the forest wearing a blindfold but you can't stop running <laughs> but you're hoping that you don't hit a tree <laughs> and that you don't trip and that there's Dude, nobody that, on your tail sometimes that's, that's like, crazy like amara i don't actually think that you know amara or sorry that john and i are in 
business models that the whole like one of the biggest assets of what where we are positioned is because there's people around us that have ran through that forest blindfolded before us yeah for sure which is why i love this business so much because every year it's compounding over and over the more i can get it predictable the the more honed in my sales script is you you want to see something cool? Let me uh can, let me give me share screen, Austin. Yeah, it'll just take a second, but um, uh, I'll let you share. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is my folder for my sales scripts. So can you see this? Yeah. So you can see my so the, the Alchemic conversion script is just called my sales script. This is the third for it, and you can see the dates that I've updated them. So I'm on my seventh version of my sales script. My fourth I, version. I suppose of, that's where I'm confused because like I don't necessarily have like a sales script for my. You do, you do for sure. For like. You you have a sales script. Maybe it's not written down, but you follow a process and say con- words consistently when you're at the door, when you're at an estimate. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And over the years, you've gotten better at saying this word or saying that word when you say this thing. That's what I'm starting to discover. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the biggest lesson I took away this past week was to start celebrating my inputs, not just the outputs. I can only control what I can control. It's like, okay, hmm. does the data make sense? Did I do my cold calling? Are people opening up my emails? Are people getting good results from the program? Am I collecting testimonials? Am I checking in with people who who I don't hear from or don't jump on one of the calls? It's just the basics that I can control. Yeah. Um, and it'll and I'll then the benefits will just show themselves. So that was like uh, probably the biggest thing I took away uh, this week. I also ended up uh, watching uh, Black Hawk Down. Oh no Fucking way, dude! Movie I, need, of all time. I need to watch this movie. I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it yet. I didn't Austin? watch it. This movie. Well, I watched it like ten years ago. But oh, I okay. No, I watched it for the first time for the first time ever. And yeah. And. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, pretty oh. good. Greatest movie, greatest movie of all time. <laughs> what is uh? It's pretty good. I mean. Um. It. It's it, it just that. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're obviously just fucking that, around, my friend. Yeah, no, 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 no. He's obviously fucking around. <laughs> no, he's just, it was pretty good. It's a pretty good movie. I he's would obviously fucking. Do you know, like, but... when you're like, dude, this is the best burger ever, and your buddy's like, yeah, no, like, I've had better before. Like, you know, he's like, trying to like that. act. No, no, no. Am- but I never said Ammer. that. You're, you're, I'm saying anything, two Ammer, words, and you're making of, a story. Oh Ammer, God, anything dude. short of John, I agree, it's the best movie ever. It's bullshit. Okay, that's it's the greatest movie of all time. That's so funny, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's going great. Um, I've also been delegating way more in my business, which has been exciting. Like what? Uh, a lot of administrative tasks, and then now I'm starting to delegate some of my sales process. It's pretty cool. Damn, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I've also been turning down specific sales calls. So if if okay, i well what did your process look like before like you were you if they made it far enough you they would get a call or like you were you would always hop on the phone but you would cut the call short if it was a waste of I, time i'm always i'm always looking to diagnose a business for sure 
first. Okay, that's my utmost priority. But for me to diagnose a business efficiently, I need this person to trust me. So sometimes you get, I would have these people reaching, reaching out to me, but they're very skeptical people. I'm like, good, that's perfect. It's good to be skeptical. It means that you care about your time and money. Great. Now, before we go and diagnose your business, you need to make sure you trust me first. So I'm going to send you an email that explains who the hell I am and why just maybe I might be qualified to help you diagnose your business, help you identify some weak spots and craft you some sort of rough business plan. And then we jump on the next call and then I ask them, hey, did you see any, did you read any of my emails? And they're like, no, I didn't. And then I'm like, okay, good. I'm going to cancel this call because what's the point of doing yeah, any, anything no, farther from here? For sure, for sure. So I did that three times last week, which is a lot, uh, uh, which was interesting. And so you would get on the call and they haven't read your email, so you were like... No, no, So, but they, they'd be there with their wife and I'd be like, uh, well, Brad, Mercedes, I mean, why should you guys trust me with anything that I'm saying right now? And then they're like, yeah, yeah, good point. I'm like, well, this is why I want you to read the email. So then I would reschedule right. them. So I'm going to see this weekend if they're going to be actually done their Makes work. Makes sense. It's like, you know, you schedule an estimate with someone and you, you know, show up to the estimate. No, but they talk about how they want to get their quotes. And you're like, hey, perfect. Okay, is there any chance we could bump this back so you can exactly. get their quotes? Because, you know, and then you kind of yeah. get the whole pitch. And then you call them like three days before and you're like, hey, uh, Jason, I just want to confirm our appointment, you know, for this Saturday. I was just wondering, uh, were you able to get a, uh, get those other quotes? And the person's like, oh, no, I haven't had a chance yet. It's like, oh, hey, no worries, Jason. Hey, is there, you know, I think it would probably be, you know, probably uh, best if we just reschedule the appointment then just give you a bit more time. Because, you know, I, like I was saying over the phone, like I really, you know, prioritize my time and I just want to make sure that, you know, when I do meet with you that, you know, you, you would have your other quotes done. Right. Same, same kind of thing, basically. Right. I mean, you're, you know, exactly. like, hey, what's, there's no point of me giving you my pitch if, if you're not going to be able to be able to buy at the end, right? So, yeah. 100%. Well, it's not really about the pitch, but, you know, these guys will start holding back. When I ask them about their profitability, when I ask them about their time, when I ask them about some of their pains and desires, they're going to hold back. Rightfully okay, but, so. but there's no point of you executing on whatever it is that you do, okay, until they're in a position to actually receive, the, you know, receive it. Or make a decision on it. Like whether they do business sure. with me or somebody else doesn't matter. 100%, 100%. Yeah, I think it's the same thing, though. I care that they move the needle forward. Because a lot of these guys tell me that they haven't been on a date with their wife in two years, and they see their kids three hours a week. I'm like, oh, Man, okay. I, I just I, I just applaud, honestly, you, Ammer, and you, Austin, because you guys just, like, have, like, I don't know, just, like, way more willingness to, like, and just engage in this kind of stuff. Like, this all sounds like hell to me. What what what's hell's saying saying no no <laughs> like, I don't want to do a call like like that's you guys so funny. like I don't know like you guys but see that's what I'm saying like the fact that you don't even see what I see as hell like like there's nothing about what you just like like that's like that like you know I I like like I I man I'd almost rather work at Wendy's than than do what you're doing than do what talk to people about their business yeah crazy and like but isn't that well, isn't that what you do with stocks? No, it's a totally different thing, though. It's totally different because there's not a human. There's no human factor. Matter of fact, I try and reduce the human factor. I try and not listen to other people's opinions or what do you have against interpretations. Humans? No, I don't have anything against humans. I just, I'm just like, it's just there's no part of me that wants to like diagnose someone's business and like. So I'm saying, but I'm grateful that there is people like you. You know, like. <laughs> oh, interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the same way, I mean, there's lots of things that like, 
you know, obviously I'm not into, but I'm sure there's, there's also things that I'm into that I'm sure people are like, dude, there's no fucking way. Right. So. Yeah. Right. Okay. That I'm just blown sense. away by your guys. Like you guys seem to be like into, I guess, communication. Well, for sure, man. Isn't It's probably the most powerful tool you have as a human. You can start word. You can start wars with language. You can kill people with language. You can have people kill themselves with language. You can have somebody fall in love with you. You can do yeah, a lot with I mean, language. But yes, and communication. but 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 I. Fair enough, but like, I suppose the language that I prefer is accounting, like because like that's just like the language of business, mm. and it's just like, because like, you can lie with accounting the same way you can lie with words, right? Or sure, like you know what I mean, like. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. I it just, it just, it's more enjoyable to read numbers than it is to listen to someone or read someone's, you know, life. Yeah, it makes sense. Cool. So, um, Austin, how, how was your week? What did you learn? What are you still struggling with? Um, I, I learned that. Well, first of all, my the. Uh, the person who I work with for uh, my sales rep, uh, the sales rep for the franchise, he's uh, he's on vacation for ten days. Uh, he's actually in Spain, so I've been doing a lot of the appointments and calling and whatnot, and it's fun because like I was doing a lot of it at the beginning of the year, and then for the last six weeks I wasn't doing a whole lot of it. And I was going to have to step back into it eventually to really push sales and marketing wise for the next two months to make sure we get ahead of it. And there's no bottleneck with uh, shortages of work and whatnot. But I have, I was actually kind of nervous. I, would, well, I wouldn't say nervous, but like I, I knew I just had less repetitions at this point of the year than any point I ever had. Like I, I had someone who was on my team who was doing a lot of the sales and marketing uh with me and now i was doing it uh alone for uh two weeks again and it was just like something of there's something about uh just like the pressure you put on yourself in that moment right where you're like hey uh i want to go back to my roots and i've weird how i've sold i've been the only salesperson for my business for the past four years and then you hire someone who really uh builds um I, how do you say this like reliance around them like they they create, oh dude i feel the same way yeah with like, tri- like create, jocelyn yeah totally yeah like and, and mark too like i i have two amazing guys that i work with that like uh the ben the relationship is so mutually beneficial that i don't really think it's one-sided i just think that like the reliance is on both of us both ways is just so insane so um going on a you know, having one of them gone for two weeks, it's like you feel it. And then you step up to the plate and take over, which is which is awesome. I love to do that. Like I did that last year when Mark had a had a baby and I ran production for two weeks and you know, Gabe's in Europe and I'm running sales and marketing for two weeks. So it's like I don't know. I just realized that there's things that I was I was so hyper aware of myself following systems that I found that um things went generally well. But uh oh, man, I don't know. I, I realized... isn't that a missed opportunity for somebody else to try and maybe learn sales in those two weeks? Yeah, man. 
for sure it is. I'm robbing robbing someone of that opportunity. Yeah, well, this is kind of my philosophy. What, what do you think about this, Austin? Which is, if you have somebody like Jocelyn, somebody like Gabe, they free up your time to hopefully you spend your time not doing admin level activities, but more executive level activities, such right. as systemizing their role and making mm-hmm. it so that it's easy to train and onboard an individual to take over the position mm-hmm. if such a vacancy opens. Mm-hmm. T- to me, I think you'd be doing, in my opinion, if your ultimate goal is to keep growing the business and if you want to, uh, yeah, if that's your main goal is to keep growing the business and getting it to next level, your time should be spent if if you have an employee that freed up some time by doing a certain activity like sales or production, it's your responsibility to develop systems and standardized operating procedures for those roles mm-hmm. so that if they ever fall off, quit, be fired, et cetera, um, you have a system in place to replace them and that you don't have to roll up your sleeves. I and, fully agree. And and get in there. Like I fully yeah. agree. I think my default setting is to just get caught in the day-to-day micro aspect of the business and not focus on that okay so you you actually agree honestly i fully agree i think that i should be spending more of my time trying to study the people that are doing well in the business and figuring out how to create more roles like that duplicate them yeah for sure i'm spending less of my time doing that and more of it more more just saying like hey i should probably do some of this myself Mm. you know which is not you not it's not my unique ability, I suppose, right? If you want yeah. to go that way. I want to give you some 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 information here, Austin, yeah. that I think you're gonna love. Because you know, I, you know, from for my business, I'm also kind of like doing research of other businesses across North America, um, and I take away golden nuggets. So I'm gonna give you this golden nugget completely free here. Okay, great. I talked to a guy so- in in Pennsylvania who runs a five million dollar paint. Um, no, five million dollar roofing business that's all subbed out but his closing rate there's two very interesting things about his business his closing rate is 70 percent and he doesn't have sales reps he has account managers who are responsible for selling and overseeing the production and completion of that job and they get compensated on the front and the back end the reason he has a 70% closing rate is because all the jobs in Pennsylvania are insurance jobs, meaning the homeowners don't pay a single dollar and their home insurance covers the fees. So all he has to do is sell the customer and then the customer files a form with their insurance and then he gets the money from the insurance. Hmm. So the two golden nuggets to think about is as the future vice president and CEO of Rydell, you should look into states in the United States that have such procedures. And two, you should highly consider developing those account manager roles so that you can scale this business beyond your means. I like the account manager idea. And um, when Gabe gets back from Europe, we're trying out a version of that. Um, but I do think that looking at different areas of, of the market to build relationships with, i.e. Uh, insurance, I've never done that. 
Yeah, it's a it's it's huge, huge in the U.S. Crazy. So is, are these all insurance claims? Yes. What happened to the roof that he's able to do $5 million dollars a year? Storms. Could he live in like a particularly hail. stormy area? Yes. Near Colorado or Utah? Huh? Colorado or Utah? And Florida. There's a, there's a lot of places in storm area. And no, I was I just think, I was guessing. Was it? I'm saying was it Colorado or no, Utah? I t- no, P- Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, okay, there. Yeah. Interesting. Just something to consider because you have this individual who lacks a lot of the systems that we have, who's doing five million dollars. And I think his profit on it was uh, 1.3 million on that five mil. And that's him like with no formal training or anything. So, wow. So there's just money laying around. And I also have his software stack that I can share with you. Uh, but yeah, mm. he has a, a hail tracker, which is a software that shows you where hail, just hail, not rain. Hail is going to drop so that you can go sell jobs and get insurance claims. That's oh, hilarious. Dude, the chasing yeah. ambulances. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that was an interesting thing that I learned. And also, I also met an individual, John, who runs a um, a million dollar painting business out in Chicago. Uh, who he subs all of his work. And he makes a 35% profit margin, which is pretty interesting. Zero employees. So it worked. Very interesting. No. Yeah. John, how was your week? Oh, unless Austin, is there something else you want no, to No, I think uh, I, I just realized that uh, you kind of completed it. I realized that instead of spending time in the field, subsidizing my business's input i should be thinking at it from more of a higher level and trying to study what's working and reproducing that yeah yeah and you should know the reason i call it account manager it comes it's a term that comes from software Mm -hmm. where not only are you responsible for selling the customer but then to maintain your mer your monthly recurring avenue you are that customer's yeah um customer support yeah yeah and i actually did that within my business uh, ben, who sold the jobs, also was forced to produce them. Yeah. Um, and if you're wondering how he paid these account managers, they got they got paid forty to fifty percent of the gross profit of that job. Gross. Which is an incredible model. No commissions, nothing like that. You get paid forty fifty percent of the total profit, so you are incentivized to close them properly estimate it properly and produce it properly damn yes sir tradeartconsulting.com i'm interested in that (laughs) uh could be consulting.com but uh, no 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 contracting sorry sorry contract um dude you just disappeared into the dark hammer you want to turn on a light there or what very ominous yeah here (laughs) um yeah, I actually had a a question for you guys this week, but I know you asked John what's up with this week. Well, no, no, what's your question? I'm more interested in that. So I have a I had I have a very close friend that 
I've been talking to about his job in the past, uh, I would say six months. And he, uh, works with, with a, a small business that is growing year over year. And he's been one of the people who's been foundational to its growth year over year. And, um, he's been wanting to talk to the owner about, um, profit sharing or equity. And uh, over the past six months, that conversation naturally arose and the conversation went very well. And the, uh, the owner's open to profit sharing and equity because they're also the owners on like the second half of their career, like more closer towards retirement. Yeah. <clears throat> and so they see that as a great opportunity as an exit as well. So it kind of yeah. landed perfectly. But now I realize that when when they shared with me that like the conversation went well and then it got down to the point of you know what should i actually ask for you know i realized that it really depends on the stage of the business and like whether the business is cash heavy and produces you know a lot of money each year that it doesn't need to reinvest right or or whether it makes a lot of money or whether it doesn't make a lot of it doesn't have a lot of cash flow or liquidity uh, month over month or year over year and an equity position or as a shareholder of the corporation would actually be more suitable from the owner's perspective, right? Um, so anyway, I was actually just, I know you, you read into this a lot, John. I wanted to know what you thought about, like, if you were in this person's position and you had negotiated uh, some form of profit sharing or I would even like profit sharing or equity as a shareholder. How would you well, go about studying the business to know what to ask for so it makes sense for both parties? The first thing sense. is that most equity in private businesses means dick shit. Yeah, I know because you're 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 a shareholder of a business that's private and it could just go tits up. Yeah, next I mean, year. well, yeah. well, no, but not even that. But it's like un unless you have an absolute rock solid uh, shareholders agreement, you know, like it's right. You like, would you can't no, no, who, who sure. you're going to sell it to. You would, Right, you would need to get it uh, completely, like you would need to get the articles of incorporation with you written in as a shareholder. Well, sure. I mean, there's tons of things you could do, but but what I'm saying though is that like, I like there's not any value in owning in ownership, um, in the same way that like a publicly traded business has value in the same that you can sell it. Like, unless there's, mm, you know what I mean? Like, I like so the, the saleability of a privately held business where you're a pivotal part of it is effectively zero. Like unless like, it one day gets sold. And even then though, if if you're a pivotal part of it, maybe. I mean like I'll, I'll give you an example, okay? Sure, yeah, yeah. And Tristan's not a huge fan of when I say this, but it's I think it's true. So when he, when him and his dad sold the business, if Tristan wasn't a part of the deal, that deal wasn't going through right okay okay so his 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 ownership stake originally was only worth something if he continued to work for the business okay so fine okay but that's worth noting then now he has more ownership he, he's regained some ownership in the business right but what is it worth right like so like unless there's unless there's a very clear dividend policy or profit sharing the ownership is actually the least important thing. Like if you owned 1%, but you got 50% of the profits, the 50% of the profits is actually what matters, not the 1% ownership. Mm -hmm. So the ownership means nothing. 
really. So it's all about what your share is of the profits, in my opinion. Okay, so so I I see where you're coming from. So let's because let's it's like unless you want to just like think it's cool to like like for example like I don't even list ProWorks painting on my balance sheet. Like for for my net worth calculation, it's not even included. It would be so disingenuous for me to include. I mean, I could maybe list it for a very nominal amount, like an, an amount that someone would legitimately buy it for. But ultimately, it's not really worth anything because I'm such a pivotal part of the business that no, basically no one would be willing to buy it from me. Got it. That makes sense. I think that in this case, though, um, the person who's negotiating equity is more is just as pivotal as the person who's who's giving up equity. No, that's my point. So. If he's buying into a business where he's pivotal, what like you're you're right, basically give, right. yeah you're 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 allowing the guy to sell a business to the to only you. guy that would fucking buy it like that's it's it's not worth anything right wow. so that makes a lot of sense there's I only one buyer there's basically only there's only two buyers for a business that has someone who's pivotal to it I mean pivotal to the point right. where if you remove the person it doesn't work someone who can one replace that person or two the person right. Yeah. Or I guess you could say a third of the person who could negotiate that person to stay on, right? But even then, I mean, what a risky situation that is, right? Like, you know, that's that's ballsy. I mean, this guy that bought Tr- the, the, the Pure franchise that Tristan's a part of, like, he's lucky that Tristan decided to stick around. I mean, if he didn't stick around, that business is a totally different situation. For sure. Right. So That makes a lot of sense. So it's almost like you would, you would want to, um, it, it, as opposed to taking equity, let's say yeah. hypothetically if equity was the only option as opposed to taking equity you would prefer to do a vendor take back loan for the actual business of, over time that's what because tristan's then- done that's what tristan's done is a vendor take back loan so he gets he gets a split uh of the profits i'm not going to talk about the specifics yeah. obviously i don't think that's it's something in my place but yeah he gets a specific he gets he gets a percentage of the profits um a generous amount in my opinion and um and then he he has he has the option to um, effectively he can uh, take the uh, uh, the owner of the business will loan him the money to buy a portion yeah. of the business yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. That, that is a position that's worthwhile for Tristan kind of I mean questionable I mean I I don't know I don't know the full situation for Tristan you know and I would say that Tristan's business it, is sorry more it seems s- more worthwhile than what I originally proposed which is just equity written into a shareholders agreement <laughs> well no but I mean if you think about it though it's it's really not any different I mean um well it is like different like, like for example that- no think about this Austin imagine I said to you okay Austin you're gonna come you're gonna come work or just x person doesn't have to be Austin but it was just, it was just right. the, the different person uh, different Austin okay you know Austin <laughs> said. so Austin comes to work for me in my painting business and I say okay I'm gonna pay you a uh, hundred thousand dollars a year okay and I'm gonna sell you the business for I mean obviously this is a, a, a less favorable situation but any rendition of this I think is equally shitty I'm going to pay $100,000 a year, um, but I'm going to sell you the business uh, for a million dollars and you're going to pay me $100,000 a year over 10 years. Okay. So effectively, I sold you, the, you just worked for free. I mean, yes, you get the business at the end of the 10 years, but I mean, you have to discount all of that back to the, you have to discount the business back to the present and, and really figure out whether that's a good deal or not, right? Like, like it's it, a stock options. I mean, a lot of businesses do this, stock options, right? It's like, I'll give you, you know, shares. It's like, it's worth something, right? If it's attached to a certain amount of income, right? 
because a lot of businesses don't treat their shareholders good, right? And I mean, mm-hmm. I actually try and purposely avoid businesses because I mean, even publicly traded businesses, there's a lot of publicly traded businesses that treat their shareholders like shit. Like shit, yeah. Right, and there's not there's not good shareholder agreements, right? Or or in this case, they don't you know there's no the uh, managers don't invest the money wisely, right? So it's like who's making these decisions? Like who's the one signing the leases? Who's the one that decides whether you buy cars? Who's the one that decide? You know, what if the owners dining out on fucking steak every single night and that's a part of and that's accounting your profits there's a lot of fuckery when it comes to small business that you have to be very careful of right right okay so back that's to my original question then because profit I sharing wanna... is 100 percent better 100 percent right. better right now take in mind that while profit sharing is going to be 100 percent better there yeah. is a world where this person is going to want to start to take over the business over time so a vendor take back loan a reversion of it could actually be beneficial. Nah, I would. I would even say be you're more just aggressive. saying that he has all of the chips. What, who's this guy going to sell the business to? If 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 the if this guy is actually as pivotal as you're making it sound to the yeah. business operation, yeah. Who the fuck is the other guy going to sell it to? Like, he, there's no trade one else businesses that's gonna buy are it. not a trade businesses that do less than like two million a year are not as sellable as you think. No, I, I don't think they're worth anything, right? It's actually, it, it's not a trade business, so it might be somewhat more transferable to someone, possibly, but not Not if much. he's a pivotal part, guess. though. Like, I mean, like, Correct. put it this way. No, no, I if, understand. I if, understand. If, I'll, I'll explain another situation that's totally different, okay? Let's say you own a coffee shop, okay? And you're, you operate this coffee shop, okay? And it makes $200,000 a year, okay? And the guy that, so that one, one guy owns it, and then the guy who's running it is the general manager. I would say that running a, uh, I'm I'm very certain you could hire someone to operate that 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 location for sure. Okay, yeah. So, so I think the proper way of looking at it would be to, um, like if I was an, I mean, and if I was analyzing a private business, here's how I would here's how I would look at it. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So. One, there'd have to be very good accounting. Like this is not one of those things where, yeah, I think it made around a hundred thousand. You know, like you'd have to actually get some super solid, at least three years of solid accounting. Like it can't just be one year where you get all the books cleaned up or whatever, and they they jack up the profit because they didn't fucking spend any money on paint this year. You know what I mean? Like you need yeah, to see. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. You would need to see three years, I think, at a minimum of of good accounting. Okay, that that's all reconciled, legit. You know accountants good good bookkeeper so you can actually look at the numbers okay then i would i would instantly look at okay what work is the owner currently doing that would have to be paid out if he was no longer involved because that needs to be subtracted from the profits okay like so for example if you have a guy who owns a coffee shop that makes a hundred thousand dollars a year and he doesn't pay himself a salary i wouldn't say that the business is worth five you know Let's say let's say some guy's trying to sell it for five hundred thousand dollars. So five x your his five x uh, f- five times uh, net income, right? Right. Well, the net income should actually be probably close to twenty thousand because he'd probably have to pay someone eighty thousand dollars a year to run the damn thing. So it's only yeah. really worth maybe a hundred thousand, right? Like right. there's a massive difference there, right? So I would look at okay, what what tasks are the owners doing? Apply some sort of wage to that. Subtract that from the profits. Okay. And then if, if I was a pivotal part of the business, I would have extreme leverage because I would say, well, if I'm no longer involved, what, what would the business, you know, what would the business trajectory do it there? And, and then I would subtract myself out. So if, if I was, 
let's say I was in this coffee shop situation. Let's say I'm a pivotal part. So this this business yeah. is um, this business is operating at a supreme level. It's doing it's doing uh, seven hundred thousand dollars a year, which would be a lot for a coffee shop, by the way. Seven hundred thousand yeah. dollars a year. I mean, an average coffee shop probably does three to five hundred thousand, if that even. Like an average mm -hmm. subway does four hundred thousand, just to put in perspective. Okay, wow. in revenue. So three to four hundred. Let's say so. It's, you're doing. Let's even just say six hundred thousand. It's making one hundred and twenty grand a year. Okay, in profit. Okay. Um, if I was the guy who was a pivotal part of that, I would subtract out my operational excellence from the business, and that's what I'd mm -hmm. buy it at. So I would say, okay, well, if I was no longer involved. And you had to go get an average bum off the street who's just, not, you know, not like not an actual homeless person, but someone right. who's not nearly as confident as I am. What would this business realistically perform at? You know, what am I worth? Because I'm not going to buy myself because I'm an asset of the business, right? Like you, your business benefits from having me on its balance sheet, right? So if, 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 if I might would say, I'm just, my name's Zach. So if Zach was no longer here, the business would probably only, you know, maybe only do $300,000 in revenue and only make maybe 60 grand. Okay, well, I'm going to pay you for that. Like I'm going to on that, so I'm going to subtract out your wages as an owner. I'm going to re reduce myself out and that's the business that I'm buying. I'm not paying for my own asset. Like I'm not going to buy the asset of me, right? And that's how that I would so much sense. Yeah, that's John, how I would is... assess that. Yeah. I appreciate your brain, John. Appreciate your brain. Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't know why that wasn't like, because, because I think that the, the challenges at the beginning from this person's lens is viewing it as realizing how much of a role they play in the business's success, putting a dollar price, a, a, a price tag on that. And then that's what you would buy the business for. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The other side of it, which is the profit sharing model how would you propose that the profit sharing takes place and calculate the pro like calculate the amount of profit that you would be taking home and on which basis would this be given to you on because it's like at the, is it is it a is it a dividend at the end of the year is it um, typically so typically i mean there's there's many ways you could do this but typically if one partner is a silent partner and one guy is an active partner how so typically the way i mean not i shouldn't say, when i say typically I just this this would be a, a a fairly obvious way of doing it which i believe is the way that tristan gets paid out is that you would the guy who's active would get paid a monthly dividend okay and at the end of the year you would subtract his monthly dividend that is set in stone from the um, from from the profits of his share yeah. and then whatever is owed he gets paid out and then whatever's left over like from that is then paid out to the other guy kind of thing, you know? So it, let's say a, a business makes $200,000 a year and you, you agree to a 50, 50 profit split. Well, one guy is going to get paid, let's say, I don't know, safely seven grand a month. Okay. So at the end of the year, he's got um, $84,000 in, in, in profit sharing that's been, or, or in mm -hmm. dividends that's already been paid to him. And, and then the business did in fact make 200. Well, you would subtract, okay, so his share is 100 minus the 84. So he gets a dividend check at the end of the year for 16 grand. The other guy mm -hmm. then gets fully paid out his other 100,000, right? Right, right, yeah. that makes sense. I think that it's just a matter of saying, I think it's the same calculation though, in terms of what, may, maybe I'm wrong, but you're saying subtract yourself out of the business, see what the business would do without you in a year. And that's what you would buy it for. Yeah, right. you're an asset of the business. I understand. You, you yeah. apply that same logic to how much of the profit percentage you would ask for in terms of sharing. 
is there a different way that you would propose that or calculate that i mean that's solely dependent on the on on the business owner because that's uh, what you would have to like i was thinking like you would have to get this business's books like you said the blast again it depends on how uh, replaceable you are like if jocelyn came to me tomorrow and said i want a 50 percent profit sharing i'd say fucking get lost like it's just not gonna happen right Right, it's just you know because i mean i like because i mean i'm not like i could like it's gonna cost. Like it's just it would fucking cost me. Get fucking... lost. <laughs> no, I, I don't mean that in a rude no, no, way. I, but it's no, like... I, no, I love it the way you. No, just but just rolled off it's just song. it wouldn't happen, right? But but also yeah. it's so out of the question. I, I I think I safely pay Jocelyn if you were to look at her percentage of the profits. I think it's a good split. It, it's a good it's a good spread, right? She gets, you know, somewhere around, let's say, twenty percent of the profits. And she only has to do the production. That's probably about right. Somewhere in there, right? That's that's about right. You know, off the top of my head, it's something like that. You know, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and do the exact math, but she'll right. she'll end up getting about twenty percent or so. Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe a little bit less. Um, right. But then she also gets perks as well that maybe I'm not factoring in there as well, like the like the vehicle and insurance and gas and you know some stuff. Peace like of that, mind. Right? Yeah, peace of mind. You know, and yeah, and, and like job security. I mean, there's a lot of things that are involved in that too. Um, and yeah, and she and, and she because she's not being actually paid on the profits. There's also a peace of mind of like not you know there's it's so she so that, you know it, it's fair, right? But um, but when I bring on this sales rep, for example, and I should I should stop saying sales rep when I bring on this guy to basically uh, uh, in, in September, right? This you know, his his profit his his share is going to be drastically different you know, than Jocelyn's. Right. But it, yeah. I think in a very just way. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think that cause he's going to be in, he's going to be uh, embodying a much more profitable or a much more highly paid position. Right. Something that's harder to replace. Right. I mean, right. It's going to be extremely hard. To, I mean, it has been, and it, it's going to be hard to find a guy to do what I'm asking a guy to do. Right. So I'm going to have to pay him really well. Right. And if 100%. he performs, he'll make good money. If he doesn't, then he won't get paid very much. Right. So, yeah, no, I think that was just a, that makes perfect sense. I, I, I wanted to ask that question, not only because I just happened to have a, a friend that I was talking to this about for them, but also because I, I realized that people that listen to us might be in a similar position if they're employed, you know, wanting to work towards something like that. And I think it's, it's weird because it's not something that a lot of there's, there's, there's not a lot of outlets to find out this information, right? To like, how, how do you propose or how do you propose that you would take over a business or that you would want profit sharing based on your involvement? And how would you go about calculating what you would even be requesting? And how would you know what to request for? You just kind of have this well, general feeling. There's that some like, logic hey, though. Like, well, no, of course there's logic that's what we spoke about I'm well you know, here's that- another here's another way of that i think you could look at it though i guess to answer your question with the profit sharing thing yeah. more so like here's another way of looking at it okay let's say you think that you're worth um let's say again we'll go back to the two hundred thousand dollar example okay so business making two hundred thousand right. dollars let's say you're saying well i want a 50 50 profit sharing <clears throat> okay and the guy says no i'm only going to give you 25 percent. so you're like so only fifty thousand dollars so it's like okay well <clears throat> Here's my potential outcomes. Okay. So over the next five years, I mean, I know this is simplistic math, but it's just roughly, you know, back of the napkin math. Okay. So then for the next five years, I could expect to receive about a quarter million dollars in compensation for running this business. And the business ownership, based on this arrangement, can expect to earn somewhere around $750,000 in, in compensation for owning the asset. Okay. 
So you'd think to yourself, okay, well, how much money would I have to invest and how much time would I have to invest to justify that for me not going to start my own business? Because what if he says, okay, well, what kind of tangible at, like, you know, what, how much capital would it, you know, would it cost to start this business? If it's a hundred thousand dollars and it's going to take him three years to get to the point where it's making $200,000 a year. Maybe that makes sense. Cause you're like, okay, well, hundred thousand dollar initial investment. Right. Let's say he makes no money for the first three years. Okay. Then he makes $200,000 for the next two years afterwards. That's 400 grand versus the initial one was 250. So that's almost oh, double. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now there's more risk involved, so it makes sense he's going to get more compensation. I know these are simplistic back the napkin math, but yeah. this is the way I think about it, right? It's like, okay, well, one, yeah. can I afford to go three years and there's no income? Well, maybe if you have a, you know, a girlfriend or a wife that's a nurse or has a really good job and she's like, yeah, let's do it, sweetie. I, pro- I believe in you. You're like, awesome. Fucking keep her, put a ring on it, you know? And then <laughs> where are you going to get $100,000 from? Mm-hmm. Friends, family, maybe your own savings, who knows, right? But so that's where I would, that's the way I would look at it. It's like, how hard it would be for me to replace uh, rebuild the asset like what's the replacement value yeah yeah. because in the case of him giving you 50 percent profit sharing your outcome is pretty much guaranteed to be half a million dollars in compensation over five years assuming no growth whereas the other ones are pretty risky four hundred thousand you're like well i'd probably take the five hundred thousand then yeah right because it's 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 it seems to be a more surefire it's yeah it, it is interesting because that involves looking at what your personal startup costs would be to compete with what's going what, what, what? well yeah like what kind of competitive advantage did the business have that you couldn't open up a competing share right so an example would be a coffee shop for example might have a very good location downtown right next to a business center and it's like yeah well you know, there's no other, there's no other leases downtown. So I I can't open up another shop in that area. So that's a competitive advantage. It's like, well, if I want to fucking operate this, a coffee shop downtown, this is the one, right? Or I don't know, you, yeah. you could, you know, or maybe you have a business that, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's tons of things you could think of, right? I mean, of, of, of right. uh, there might be also a high startup cost to get into the business as well, right? Right. right. For sure. Or pre-existing relationships that are hard to duplicate, right? So, yeah. But for small businesses, most of these things are. That's why I said the ownership thing is like super shady. Most small businesses aren't really worth anything. Let's be honest. That's very true. I think people would. I think people would be better off not listing small businesses on their personal balance sheet because I think it makes them feel richer than they actually are. They might be spending. They might be spending real money. Because they think they have, like, like if you look at your balance sheet, it's like you might have, like, you might feel like you're really rich because you have like this like inflated asset on your balance sheet. But ultimately, you're gonna spend real money thinking that you have this money over here. When in reality, you have air, and you're spending the only tangible asset you have, which is your cash. <laughs> you have air, right? Yeah. Well, no, but a lot. Uh, um, I got it. I got it. I got it. Well, no, but uh, Charlie Munger has this thing. It's it's called girth. Okay. Good until you reach for it. Oh wow. Good until you reach for it. Yeah, well, but like there's so many things that like are like that where people will list something on their balance sheet or um yeah, I mean and it's just not it's not it's not real, right? I mean, I think a lot I think to be honest, a lot of people right now 
are finding out that these businesses that weren't making money or these businesses that had all these crazy growth expectations built into their stock price, a lot of them are getting their fucking faces ripped off, right? What's happening with stock? Well, just, I mean, just like there's a lot of like significant drops in a lot of major companies, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, did the stock market dip? Oh, yeah. More than a dip, dude. I mean, the Nasdaq's down... 27 percent or something like that or 26 percent that's not that's not like a fucking i mean not in one day i mean this is over the course of a few months but i mean that's not a casual that's like that's, that's a quarter of the market right or of the nasdaq that's not a fucking you know what i mean that's not a, that's not a casual amount of money right i mean you know oh my god everything's on sale basically dude i i, I was smiling Holy the other day I was, I was driving and i was just having this big smile and trish was like what the fuck's going on i was like honestly like the capitalistic supermarkets on like having a sale and i'm super stoked Dude, Meta's right. down forty one percent year to date. Yeah, right. And that's, it's like there's it's a hot sale, fifty percent off, man. There's a lot of businesses that have some tremendous, uh, yeah, some tremendous. Uh, I think they're tremendous businesses that are selling for pretty cheap. Now, in saying that though, um, you know, there's also a lot of businesses, for example, that I think have dropped a lot that are still garbage businesses, right? I mean, look at like look at Peloton, for example. I mean, oh, uh, now Pe- Peloton makes sense though. Why they're doing that? Oh my god. Dude, I know, right? From 35% to $13. Negative 64% year to date. No, that's year to date, but if you look at the last like year, they're down 90% from their high. Dude, Amazon's down 37%, dude. What? No, I know. Like oh. I'm saying that's what I'm trying to say. Like this is not a casual thing. Like this Damn. is like this is the an so opportunity glad right I now. I bought an Amazon stock uh, three dude. ago. That was sick. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Now, in saying that, though, if you own businesses that you that you were happy to buy, then you should be happy. To be honest, this should be like this should be like the greatest thing ever because you can buy more of a great company. Like, so for anyone that, yeah, you know what I mean. So, I like it. I was talking to uh, um, I'm not gonna say who because you know because he might listen to the podcast. But there's there's a guy that I know who um, (laughs) he um. He 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 he's put all of his money in Tesla. Okay, Tesla's like up thirty percent over the last year. He's just all right, fair enough, dude. He's convicted on Tesla, but it's um. Did he lose money? No, it's not a it's not a loser or, or you know it's what I find fascinating though is just people's relationships with the businesses that they own, like. That's like, yeah, yeah. It's like an emotion. It's like a. No, but if someone came to me, for example, and said, John, I'll buy your painting business for 200,000, I'd be like, no, thank you. Right. If someone came to me and said, John, I'll buy your painting business for 800,000. 20 million. No, but for 800,000, I'd be like, no, I'm good, man. It's all good. Thank you. Right. But I wouldn't be less, like, I wouldn't be, like, I wouldn't be less satisfied with my business if someone said 200 versus 800. It's like, I'm happy owning it. I don't like whether, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. like the, the business is making profit. Now, if someone came to me and said, I'll give you $5 million, I'd say, fucking, here's the keys, buddy. Like, you know, like, I'm okay, yeah. right? Right? But but if someone said, I'll give you a million, <clears throat> and I said no, and they came back the next day and said, I'll give you half a million, I'd say no. And if they came back and said 200,000, I'd say, no, thank you. I wouldn't be like, trying to sell my fucking company for 200 because five days ago someone said a million like i'd be like no i don't get the analogy Tie it the analogy is that I, I guess another way of looking at it is that let's say i own i only owned eight 80 of my painting business 
okay and my and my partner comes over to me and says hey john um i'll sell you my my shares for you know my 20 percent for a uh, hundred thousand dollars right and i'm like nah dude it's all good like i don't want to you know because that's he's valuing the business at half a million i'd be like no nah, i don't really want to buy that for half a million I'm, you know it's all, it's all good right um and he says, well, okay, how, how, I'll sell, you know, a couple of weeks later, he comes to me and he says, John, I'll, I'll sell it to you for, for 500,000. So now he's valuing the business at, at uh, you know, 2.5 million. I'd be like, no, dude, it's, it's all good. I don't, you know, I don't, like, I wouldn't be happier because he valued the business higher. Like I wouldn't be like, oh, fuck it, dude. Now my shares are worth half a million. You know, like I wouldn't do that. Now, if he came to me and, and gave me a price that I was willing to buy it for, I would be super stoked. So, you know, where I'm going with this Amher is that, I I can't help but think that most people have such an attachment to the stock price, but not to the business. Like, so at no point in time are they actually ever looking at the business and being like, I'm happy to own this business. They're looking at the stock price. Like, dude, like I, I, I say this with absolute sincerity. I legitimately hope that by the end of the year, Smith and Wesson is trading lower than it is currently. Like I hope that Smith and Wesson is selling for a dollar a share. (laughs) <laughs> and like i will more i will drive well, i'll fly to toronto it's probably more efficient i will rob ammer fly back <laughs> to Kelowna, and buy more of a smith and wesson like I, you know what i mean like, like i will you know what i mean like i will convince my mom to loan me money to buy smith and wesson at one dollar a share like i will mm. you know what i mean like i would sell my gold and buy smith and wesson right like i would you know I'd, I'd be pretty close to selling trisha to a russian oligarch you know what i mean like, <laughs> So, but like, that's my relationship with Smith and Wesson is that like, I'm praying that the stock price goes lower. I will continue to buy more. And so will the company. But when I was talking to this guy about Tesla, he's like, yeah, man, we're down 20%, you know, this week. I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, so that's a good thing, right? He's like, well, how would that be a good thing? I'm like, well, like, you don't, can buy one. don't you like the company? He's like, yeah, but it's down 20%. I'm like, yeah, no, no, but, but the stock but don't you want to buy more like i'm kind of confused like if you like the business why are you concerned that someone's willing to like you'd be happy if someone was willing to sell you a business that you had ownership in for less than what you bought it like why would you not be stoked right i don't know yo that's one thing i noticed john ask around like if you go to a party or meet with some people ask around and, and see how many people now have a a sports betting app on their phone dude it's so crazy dude it's dude, so crazy dude it blew and my mind dude, drake I, like the last bet, month drake like, bet five hundred and fifty thousand dollars canadian on on justin gaethje this last weekend lost by the way oh yeah yeah, he yeah but but yeah but where i'm thinking about this though is that i i when i saw that i was like hmm i saw the payout i was like oh like maybe i want to be a part of that kind of action you know i think justin gaethje is gonna win of course i have the discipline to be like john don't be a fucking fool like yes rule number one don't lose money it's like if you make a sports bet there's no there's no downside like there's no uh you can't hedge your downside really it's like you you lose all your money if you lost the bet right so i'm like hey no that, that's you know i made a rule no i went to the casino once lost money never you know never did it ever again but everyone has the sports betting apps it's interesting right dude um 100% no i take it back 90% of everybody that i saw in the past 2 weeks had a sports betting app on their phone well all the people went from robin hood to sports kings or draft kings or whatever it is yeah 
They're not gambling on stocks anymore. They're gambling on fights. It's pretty crazy. And basketball games and Leafs games. Like, yo, Austin. Yo, Austin. Can you hear Austin, me? we were just talking about how uh, Amr and I are thinking about uh, becoming professional sports gamblers. Yeah. I'm so down. I How did I be on this podcast for two and a half years and miss the 30 seconds where you guys talk oh about sports gambling. No, we were actually talking about how it's a loser's game and how yeah. it's, but yeah, but yeah. Jesus no. Christ, Austin. guys. Austin, I've been saying how in the past two weeks. We all know that you have a sports gambling app, at least two on your phone with yeah, money. Uh, actually, I haven't placed a sports bet in years. Okay, don't. Please. Oh, interesting. Just don't. Just don't. Yeah. Don't I would have thought you are a big sports gambling guy. I was. Huge. Like... Uh, but Austin, sure. Austin, did you observe that in the last two, in the last two weeks, around ninety percent of everybody that I've hung out with has a sports betting app? Because it's legal in Ontario now, is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was tempted to, but at the same time, like, I don't know. No. I enjoy what I realized is that when I was sports betting, it would make me enjoy the game to like like ten percent more. But when I lose, when when I would lose a bet, I would actually feel like I wasn't able to enjoy the game as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, I enjoy the game anyway. If I'm watching the sport, it's because I like it. Fuck it, I'm not gonna bet on it. There's no point. I'm likely yeah. never. I'm not. I'm likely not gonna come out of this in a net positive. Like I'm not gonna be like 70 years old and I'm like, oh, I'm glad I placed that bet on that Bruins game. You know. Uh. So, yeah. Even, even no, no. I, I, I would argue, even if you bet ten thousand dollars on a Bruins game and made your money, you'd be worse off in the long run because you'd just be like screwing up your focus, your just dopamine, and just everything else with it. That it would actually end up costing you way more than ten thousand dollars over right. the next three, four. I don't five know. Man. I do when still. I, when I was yeah. reading the Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham in chapter sixteen. It's all about sports gambling, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah it's true. Sports gambling is is a, a total winner's game." And he was yeah. talking about all the great sports gamblers in in history, you know, and and how rich all of them were. Of course, yeah. it's a made up chapter because there's just no one that's ever like name one guy that's like got rich off sports gambling that Damn, that was not sponsored by the hold on that was not sponsored by because like everyone's talking about how Drake's doing all these gambles. I think that it's a marketing. Play. I don't 100%. like. I don't. Do you it's really not, think that he's actually uh liable for all the the losses? I doubt it. Uh, probably some of them. Probably some of them. They might match it. So he put down two fifty. They put down two fifty. Yeah, I don't know what his arrangement is, but I doubt that he's fully liable for all the bets he's making. Well, I'll just tell you this. um Part of the reason all these people have the app when I've been investigating this is that you'd get three hundred dollars free. But the only way you'd get the three hundred dollars if you if is if you bet the three hundred dollars and if you if it hits you can then withdraw the three hundred dollars. So these betting apps have calculated that their cost per acquisition per customer is roughly around three hundred dollars because for every ten people that download the app, at least maybe one of them goes out and spends thousands of dollars on the app, and the app goes and makes their money. Although interesting enough, though, I'm pretty sure all of these businesses are losing money. Like if I just quickly just go pull up. Bet three six five. I think that's that's a good that's a big one. No, I think the biggest is DraftKings. Yeah, DraftKings maybe. But let me just go pull this up right now. I'm I'm yeah, almost can, can, can you can can you dissect the financials of this business? Well, I mean, I don't have like a, a share, but yeah. So if we just quickly go take a peek here, so just I'll just do a very quick assessment. Okay, so 
so the the business is uh, DraftKings has only been around for one, two, three, four, five years. So that's about as that's about as short as you can do to actually make a proper assessment of a business. So it did one hundred eighty nine million dollars five years ago. It did one point three billion dollars in operating revenue this year. Obviously, fucking tremendous growth. Tremendous. Ten yeah. x. Yeah. Um. It's a. It's it's clearly a variable. Hmm. It's a variable cost business. So what this means is like it's fixed it, it's fixed expenses are roughly 12 to 15% um of its revenue. Uh but its cost of goods sold is it uh uh increases dramatically as um as, as they sell more, which makes sense, which makes sense. Um, as far as net income goes, so it went from losing $75 million five years ago to now losing $1.5 billion in net income this last year. So on $1.3 billion in revenue, they lost $1.5. So they're negative uh, like $3 billion? No, $300 million. No, no, they're not negative. Uh, so they, they uh, lost uh. $1.5 million, $1.5 billion in, in, in losses on $1.3 million in revenue. So, okay. yeah. Um, but net income for a business like this is probably not the best thing to look at. What you want to do is go to the cash flow statement, quickly pull this up, and they're they're not cash flow positive. So over the last five years, they've lost an average of two hundred and thirty eight million dollars a year per in wow in cash flow. How does that like? That's insane. That I... now so now so get this though. So think about how crazy this is, guys. Okay, so. Think about how crazy this is. This is why these businesses are, in my opinion, are fucking basically borderline scams, okay? Think about this, okay? So, Austin, your business, yeah. so this business did $1.3 billion in revenue, okay? Okay. And if if I was, sorry, if I owned a business, okay, let's say the three of us owned a business, okay? And... And we had a business that that did a billion dollars in revenue. Austin, if I was, if, 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 but let's say you were a passive shareholder, Austin, okay? And Mm -hmm. Amra and I were actively working in the business. I would say uh, Amra was CEO. I was like chief marketing officer, okay? Now, stock options realistically are an expense of the business, right? Yeah. They're not list. So, but it's important to understand that in American accounting, stock options are a non-cash item. So they're not listed like as an, is like a labor expense. Okay. What percentage of the revenue do you think would be insane to give as a stock option? So like if we did a billion dollars in revenue, how much do you think would be insane to pay? So knowing that it's effectively a labor expense, what percentage of the revenue do you think would be insane to pay as a labor expense as a stock option? My gut says 25%. Yeah. So as in, so as in how would you feel if, if you were a passive shareholder and, and Amber and I got $250 million between the two of us in stock options on a billion dollars mm-hmm. in revenue? Yeah. How would you feel I, about I would that? Be like, I'd be like, Hey boys. Yeah. time to renege my okay, what if i told you that <laughs> on 1.3 billion dollars in revenue the total stock-based compensation given to employees was 700 million dollars so 70 percent, 68 percent, or whatever over 50 percent was given to stock options that's fucking insane like this is an insane business now now so so okay so you're thinking well how the hell can a business grow from 
from what was it 189 million dollars in revenue to 1.3 million dollar or billion dollars in revenue and lose 230 million dollars a year there's only two ways that they can do it because the business has not produced any cash they've been cash flow negative there's only there's only three ways a business can make money profit so retained earnings that's that's the good old-fashioned american way of actually yeah. running a business was you turn a profit and actually make money keep it okay yeah. The other two ways are you can issue debt and you can sell shares. I haven't looked at their their outstanding shares, but I'm just going to take a bet right now that there's probably ten times as many shares as there were five years ago. Let's go take a peek. So go to the income. You can you can place a bet on DraftKings on that if you like. Surprisingly, surprisingly, not as much as I thought. To be honest, still a lot, but not as crazy as I thought. I don't know if there's something wrong here though. Huh. Okay, so they had 300 million shares five years ago, and there's now 400 million. So 30, there's um, there's uh, uh, 33% more shares outstanding than there were um, five years ago. So basically, imagine, at, that's actually a perfect example. So the three of us own a business. Five years later, none of us, and nothing else has changed other than there's one more person at the table. So there's one more shareholder. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's the that only difference, okay? Yeah. Now, if you go look at their debt, Let's go take a peek here. I bet they have a ton of debt. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, so I, I mean, they have a, a, a crazy amount of debt. Okay, point being, this is not a business that you would even want to look at. Like, this is not something you'd want to go analyze. Like, you know, like, this is like a straight, no fucking way you'd invest in this. <laughs> like, like, there's just no way. <laughs> but let's go take a peek here. Let's see how they've done their stock so it, at its high it was trading at 71 dollars. it's now trading for 11 not a surprise Whoa. what yeah but it's not a surprise though man it's not a surprise dude you can't have a business that it's losing that much money and diluting their shareholders and have it fucking turn out well like this it's not even remotely <laughs> it's not even remotely a thing nice so i would stay the fuck away from that now in but that, that business, though, there might <laughs> be hold on, like a, hold on. there might be a good there might be a good you know draft but uh, there might be a good um uh sports betting place. I would say it's probably a casino in um Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. So that that the primary existence of that business is to make its employees and and shareholders more money. Not shareholders, um executives. Well, dude, I mean, think about this. Okay, Ammer. Ammer, imagine I came to you and said, hey, Ammer, dude, I got this amazing business, okay? Sports gambling. I'm going to hype you all up on it, okay? You're going to get all hyped, okay? And I say, and you're like, well, how much do you want to sell it for? I'm like, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll sell it to you in cash for $4.6 billion. And you're like, fuck, that's a lot of money. How much money is it making? I'm like, no, no, it's losing $1.5 billion a year. Dude, Ammer, are you going to take your $4.5 billion and give it to me? No, you're not. You're not going to fucking do that. You're not going to do that. You're going to be like, no fucking way, John. You're out to lunch, dude. I'm not going to give you anything. You know, how do you value a business that's losing a billion and a half, right? You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's not, I mean, so, maybe someone knows how to do it. I don't. Yeah, but who's making the money? Is it the founders, the executives? Well, you could, you could look at it. I mean, this is a business. I mean, this would be interesting to go see if the shareholders are selling. Or sorry, if the insiders are selling. Like, selling what their shares like so 
typically like on a business like this i mean again i wouldn't i I wouldn't even touch this kind of thing i mean this this is like the moment i looked at their their because a lot of people get caught up in revenue growth it means nothing i look at cash flow growth how much business with how much money was the business making five years ago how much is making now right like there's is their balance sheet better than it was five years ago like what you know those are things that i'm looking for revenue growth is so irrelevant but but most people would be like because like DraftKings can can pay for growth by I mean, effectively, they're losing money. I mean, I'm not gonna say on purpose, but they're losing money to acquire more customers. Um, but it hasn't translated to profits. But for a while there, they were duping their shareholders into paying more and more for the shares because they can say, we grew 80% this year, we do 100%. It's like, you grew 100% of nothing. <laughs> what do you <laughs> your yeah. revenue is higher right so no this is this is not a this is not a this is not a, i mean it's obviously not a good business right like i don't i mean who's buying this even for 11 dollars a share i don't know right but you can go in uh you can like for a business like this though you could sign up for alerts that let you know when because any single time someone who's a officer of a publicly traded business sells or buys shares in their own company it gets disclosed like every single time anyone that's an insider of so an insider is someone who owns more than 10 percent of a business or works for the company as an as an executive um any single time someone within smith and wesson buys or sells a share that's an insider i get an email to my phone that's pretty cool wow have they have they been buying for the most part yes um but the thing is that you one thing you have to keep an eye out for is that a lot of times executives are selling shares not because they don't believe in the company but because they have to meet tax obligations for stock options oh yeah yeah okay. yeah. yeah so it's like and it, usually it'll list why they're selling right but imagine like you know if if i was a shareholder of tesla i mean first of all one i would not be a shareholder of tesla okay i would be a buyer of tesla around maybe 70 dollars a share somewhere in there <laughs> So, but if, if I was a shareholder of Tesla and I was just speculating on it, I would 100% have that because I mean, if I got an email and I click it and it's like, Elon Musk sold, you know, 4 billion share or, you know, some ridiculous, you know, $50 billion in stock, I'd be fucking out the door. I, I wouldn't even, <laughs> I wouldn't even be waiting around for anybody. I'd be pushing my own grandmother over to get the fuck out of that bar, you know? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Cause when that party's over, that's not going to be a fun time for anyone. I, uh, I, I'm a Tesla shareholder. NASDAQ. Yeah, but, but John would just ask you, how much thought and research have you done into purchasing that stock? And then you would say... Austin's been smart about it, though, I would say, because he, I think he's playing on house money at this point, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But also, every time I, I bought doubled, it like three half, years ago. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Every time it's doubled, I've sold half, and I've done that three times, so... So, uh, but he, here's an interesting way but of looking still, at this too. So, why don't I just sell it and put it somewhere else? So here's I, an interesting way I, of looking at this. Because I kind of think it could go, you know, it could go, I don't know, we'll see. You're speculating that it's going to go. I'm speculating with house money. Yeah, exactly. hey, at least if you know it, you don't know it. Okay, but so think play, about this. Play. Um, and take in mind, this is, this, is, this is much better than it was like a month ago because the, or like two months ago because it's it dropped quite a bit, Tesla. Um, mm-hmm, but... Sure. So like at its peak at 1200, this was even more insane and its income's also rising. But right now, so over the last 12 months, Tesla has earned $8.4 billion in income, which you're like, dude, that's a lot of fucking money, right? Wait, that's it? 8.4 billion? Well, that's in, in net income, by the way. So it's like, again, doesn't really mean anything. You have to go look at the cash flow. So it's cash flow during that same time was three three $3.5 billion. 
But that's, isn't it valued at like half But that's a also dollars? accounting for $2.2 billion in stock options. So if you were to take out those stock options, it basically had $1.5 billion in what I would consider like owner's earnings. I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff here too that they have a really complicated balance sheet. There's a lot of fucking like weird numbers in there that again this is the too hard pile of like dude I, like <laughs> i don't know sure. what's going on here but anyway sure. let's just use the 8.4 just to give them a huge you know credit even though i, I doubt it's even close to that but anyway so 8.4 they're selling for 800 billion dollars roughly like 825 so it's it's roughly one percent of the market cap is net income but not not cash flow but just net income right which can kind of be sure. manipulated quite a bit so for every $100 that you invest in Tesla, you're buying $1 of, of net income, basically, or $1 of earnings. Damn. And you'd be like, well... That's a bad deal. Well, maybe. I mean, it depends, right? I mean, if, it's, if the income's doubling, then, you know, next year it's 2%, and then it's 4%, and then it's 8%, right? So, you know, so if it's going to double, but then, you know a company like this is where it gets really interesting with companies like this is just logically thinking about it okay it's like okay so the largest company in the world right now well actually i think it just changed today it's i think the largest company in the world now is is called uh um uh armaco apple no i think it's saudi americo it's a oh yeah the oil conglomerate yeah i think they're the largest company in the world now but anyway but point being it's like around 2.5 trillion dollars is the largest company in the world it's either it's either apple or this saudi america okay so and apple i think earned earned 100 billion dollars over the last 12 (laughs) just think about that for a second that's that's so fucking insane like do you have a calculator (laughs) like how many uh how oh, many man. I, I i actually just want to look this up because it's so crazy but how many seconds in a year okay okay wait way too many um okay let's just how many hours let's just say hours in a year okay 8760 so okay so uh let me see if i can get 100 billion divided by 8760 i'm just I, i'm curious Okay, so they were earning. What is this? What the fuck? That's such a big number. Still, uh, one second. They were earning eleven million dollars an hour. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Just above like the minimum what? wage. Eleven million dollars an hour, dude. I'm pretty sure minimum wage is eleven dollars an hour in the states. <laughs> okay, but point being fucking insane okay and that business is selling for 2.5 trillion dollars okay so even if do do, do you think tim cook is at a bar with some friends and then you know you know that one guy who like works and makes some money and he's like (laughs) you know my my business does like uh if you do the math like thirty thousand dollars an hour and tim cook's just sitting there like do you think he would say something he wouldn't no i don't think he'd (laughs) be in a bar he just wouldn't yeah that's that's the funny thing it's like usually when you have people talking about how much they make per hour it's like it's like the little guys you know the well that's uh, the business the guys that make 10 million a year that think they're doing something it's like no no no. you know what's insane 10 million an hour i think um i think uh warren buffett i think owns seven percent of apple so he's earning like 
seven hundred thousand dollars an hour or something like that or whatever it is or yeah no no yeah 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 yeah. like what (laughs) like what (laughs) what (laughs) like that's just it's it's numbers okay where's going back to the tesla thing though go back to the tesla okay go back to tesla so like what would tesla have to do to become the largest company in the world i don't know sell a car every second Okay, I know, but so, but so, okay, so, best case scenario, <laughs> Amazon has to, I don't know, like, how many cars would you have to sell to make a hundred billion dollars? Or I don't know, assuming that you're going to ap- apply a similar multiple, right, for a large company. What Amazon needs to do, or sorry, not Amazon, what Tesla needs to do in order to get to become the world, the largest company in the world, which I, in my opinion, would be fucking insane. Like, imagine a car company being the largest company, in the, you know there would be a lot of things that have to go really, really, really right in order for that to happen. Okay. And if all of that goes really well, as in all the craziest outlandish things ever, you might quadruple your money. (laughs) Yeah. But if none of those things, or even just only a sliver of them go well, you lose 90% of your money. Mm. So, you know, what's the probability of it forexing? What's the probability of it going down by, you know, by only being it? I don't know, but, there's a lot of businesses you can buy where even if they were cut in half, you'd still double your money. So it's like there's just there's just better there's just better bets to be made, right? Yeah. And I, I wonder, Austin, why we you'd hear all these things and still not sell. That's that's not for like reasons of any fallacies or ego. <laughs> but Ammer, it yeah. could happen though. <laughs> Just stop. No. Like, put it this way. So, like, are you guys? So, like, I just like we'll just do a very quick, just to, just so I can show you guys just how insane this is. Okay. So yeah. And Allison, actually, think about that. I thing. actually, well, I guess when I know, like, I've I've looked into, I've I've had this conversation with a couple of people who are like extremely bearish on Tesla because they have the reason to be. I I honestly think that Tesla is kind of like a kind of like a unicorn stock. In a sense, that's like it, the valuation of, or the the value of the company can be changed with the CEO making a tweet. And it's like I I I kind of like it's like dude, it's like less than like, I would say three percent or something. Uh, of of my portfolio. Oh okay okay, it's but uh, like but actually still like but still to. but still like. Still, yeah, but I would, I would want like, you to think about this. I don't think that's a good reason to not sell it. I think that it could, it could. I think that it could go up a lot over. Like I'm holding this until I'm holding this for a while. Like why? While, while. Well, I don't plan on selling it. I don't plan on liquidating my 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 any of my portfolio anytime soon. Even the bad stuff that does not make sense. Well, yeah, Amber, of course, you know, interesting of course. enough though. But I, but Amber, you got to keep in mind this stock. Every time it's doubled, I've sold half of it. And yeah, but that doesn't happened, matter. That's happened three times. No, it yep. does matter because you're saying oh, you're going to hold on to this forever. It's like, well, this stock, yeah, because I, I, there's, hmm. you know, there's what? Well, I've I've doubled it. Okay. More than once a year for three years. Okay. So, so the money that's in there is just earnings on that money. So it's like, I, I still think 
and, and the way it's doubled is not because it's like had a massive influx of cash or earnings. It's just like behavioral bullshit. If you go look at Tesla, it makes no sense why it's valued even remotely close to the way it's valued compared not, to like not a lot, no. Compared to like Toyota or GM, like GMC or Ford or whatever, it makes almost no sense. So the even where it's dropped to today, it almost makes no sense. So I'm like, I just want to keep a dog in the fight because I'm like, I honestly think that this is just like a unicorn stock that doesn't abide by the same rules that we audit stocks by. And Amor, that is what we call this time is different syndrome. Yeah, no, this is just insane that you're saying this, to be honest. As a master student in, in psychology. Dude, I, oh my God. You guys are making me seem like I'm like some like illiterate asshole like nine, 95 <laughs> nine, 95 yeah no austin this is just insane actually 95 percent of my portfolio makes perfect sense the other five percent i fucking have fun with do you just out of curiosity do you take stock tips from uh from uh no griffin? no don't John. no from who griffin uh no i i i did like a couple years ago but no no i i i just i I don't anymore i don't consult them on my on my picks or anything why why not like so you're basically saying this this is money you don't care about might as well lose it why not just like give it to charity it's essentially essentially gambling it's essentially gambling but why not so why are you gambling with money um because i think i'm gonna win okay i guess that's why any that's why anyone gambles because there's a chance i I support I, i support the brand and i also want to own a tesla and i also know that it's less than i can figure out what the percentages of my portfolio i think we're kind of we're we're focusing on a very small component of the smallest of it isn't actually a good argument yeah i don't think so either though because like for example like i'm i'm considering adding a position tomorrow that's gonna be three percent of my portfolio but like that's not like a like it's not like he's thinking about it less yeah like i I, i'm actually if anything i'm thinking about it just like even more because because yeah so i mean right now the biggest struggle that i face is that the there's too many good things i can do with my money do you know what I mean? like there's 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 just there's too many like because there's Paralysis. opportunity co- yeah but like for example like i bought another vehicle for my painting business recently and like you know that's money obviously that's not going to the stock market because it's like but i'm reinvesting my business it's a great return on my investment it's gonna be fantastic right but so there's there's all these different opportunities for my cash what i can do with it and it's all going to be in comparison to one another and ultimately the gold standard for me as of right now in my portfolio is smith and wesson any single time i'm going to buy anything it's like okay how does it compare to smith and wesson because if i if i don't think it's going to be better than smith and wesson then i'm going to i'm going to park it elsewhere right yeah you're basically saying austin that money is in there um you cuz when you when you put your money in in tesla you're basically saying i don't want to put it in anywhere else cuz there's for whatever reason is there not like other things to- that you're more certain about like cuz like like for sure there are like, why not just it, take that money and, like, go on a trip with Miranda and, and treat her treat her something nice? Why not, like, help your mom out with some bills? Like, why, uh, why just piss money away on something that, by wor- your words, is gambling? Well, based on 
how it's performed. I guess I have a paralysis of like. Would you sell it if it drops? No, I, 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 I don't. I didn't. I didn't plan on selling it for like years. No, but how? But how much? But like, how much would you have to lose? Because like, knowing that it's I guess you're there not is buying a it. Point. I guess I wouldn't watch it go to zero. I guess. But yeah, but because like, like because you're not owning it or bought it based on fundamentals, but you're buying it basically just on pure speculation. Like, how do you determine when you when you buy or sell? Like, for example, if 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 Smith and came, Smith and Weston came out with a report, I don't know. Seeing that they just took a three billion dollar, you know, debt issue, and they're gonna buy, you know, I don't know, a bunch of Bitcoin, I would be out the door. No matter how much money I've, I would be down, I'd be out the door. I'd be like, nope, no, thank you, I'm out of Bitcoin. You know what I mean? So there's things that could cause me to sell Smith and Wesson, but there's, there's, but you know, or or multiple quarters. I guess my, of disastrous my, my point is that like that. every single time Tesla has gone up in value. There's actually very little. No, no, I refuse to. I, I refuse to let you say that sentence. It's stock price has, not the company. That's that's what I was trying to say. Okay, every yes. single time the stock price has gone up in value, there's no, there's no reason or there's no proof as to why that would ever happen because the company continues to be completely and noticeably smaller and. For sure, but didn't oh, we just talk about these other yeah. companies? Like, look at Peloton. Like, like how did dude at the top of Peloton? If if I, first of all, one, I was that asshole that was telling people, dude, you need to get the fuck out of this company. You know, like I said the same thing with Zoom. I was like, guys, this is like these these companies, like you know, the, like the uh, the COVID stocks. Like these are crazy, right? Now they're down. Like, look at Zoom. Like, what's Zoom? What's Zoom down? Um, that one I would love to know. Let me just see. There's a couple of things that's inciting me to have this conversation, Austin, which is how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I just refuse that. I, I just doesn't make yeah, sense to me. Down 84%. It doesn't make sense to me why a logical person like you chooses to do something okay, illogical. Amber, first of all, that's not how I do everything. I've said this like five times where it's like something that's a very tiny proportion of what I, 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 I'm saying, okay, there's 3% of my stock portfolio. I'm going to put my money where there's no rhyme or reason as to why I would put it. But if you were worth a million dollars, you'd be willing to have $30,000 in Tesla. I guess it would change based off of how much money I have, what my net worth is. No, no. But Austin, what I'm saying is like, where else do you, do you gamble 5% of like, do you gamble with your health in a 5% way saying, Hey, look, like maybe I'll just get like blackout drunk this one. Yeah. 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 Not a year. I only use hair with 3% of the time, you know, (laughs) or it's like, Oh, like maybe with Miranda and I can be like, I can just gamble 5% by saying this or not doing or, or missing a dinner. It's just like, it's, it's these small illogical activities that don't need to exist in the first place then i'm just like why do they even exist for you hmm. I, I i don't know i when i when i think of those questions that you're asking i i don't think that i that the that my behavior of being a tesla stock owner reflects my gambling in my relationship yeah it might be a bit of a stretch but i nonetheless though i do find it very interesting though because there's a lot of people that, um, I mean, so Amber, think about this. Uh, always kind of going back to what is this predicated on? You know, that's, that's always a question that I ask myself. Like, you know, what is this behavior or what is this asset value predicated on? Like, you know, like, so for yeah. example, 
a part of... I just want to make it clear. I wasn't talking about gambling in your relationship. I was talking about doing things that are illogical. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess... Very different. I guess illogical... Um... I, I, I guess I, the statement's the same. I don't Okay, hold on. That... Let me go off this predicated thing, though. Okay. Okay. Like, do you remember my whole pitch on, like, like how, like, the housing market is predicated on cheap debt? Like, right now, like, like the only way people are able to buy these houses is not because they have more cash. It's, it's because they're able to borrow more. Yeah. Okay, so that's it. But it's also predicated on that people are going to use it as a retirement account as well. Like if people weren't using their house as a retirement account, there would probably be a bit of a bubble or something like that in something else artificially as well, right? Like sure. people could just arbitrarily decide that they're just going to, you know, collect shells and that's what their retirement account is going to be or something like that. Okay. So it's like, what is Tesla's stock price predicated on? Speculation. It's well, in a lot of ways, it's predicated on people not needing the money that they have in the stock. I would say that's that's at least a starting point for where the way I would look at. Yeah, I suppose that's a possibility for sure. I didn't think of that. Well, yeah, but but the moment that people need that money, like so, if you think about it, it's like, like, oh, like Smith and Wesson's pretty low on where, like, where, like, it, it, like access of funds. It's like super low. As in, if I like, if I needed money tomorrow, that's like one of the like that's like there's like eight different things I'd look at before that, or even more. Okay, and I think that that's what you're seeing right now with Bitcoin, right? When people are speculating and they need money, they're not selling their fucking their TV. They're not selling their their uh, I don't know their their wife's wedding ring. They're not selling. You know what I mean? If they need money tomorrow, they're selling their Bitcoin. Right, they're selling their their stocks that they don't even know why the fuck they mm -hmm. own them. Right, mm -hmm. like I would legitimately sell furniture in my house before selling selling Smith and Wesson if I needed money. I don't know if other people feel the same way about the companies they own. Why? Because they don't know why they bought them. Right, and so that's I think that so a lot of these things are predicated on people not needing the money yet, and I, I'm fascinated to find out mm -hmm. if that holds up. I see. I see your point, and I, and I agree with you. I think that. If I truly needed the money that was inside of Tesla, uh, I would sell it. Pro but it'd probably also, but where I was going with that is probably it'd probably be one of the higher up things as well. Yeah, for sure, it would like, be like the lowest barrier to say it. Like sell. you selling your couch versus you selling Tesla, it's probably a Tesla. Um. Yeah, I would. I would say so. Yeah. Given yeah, if like I had to sell all my furniture or sell Tesla, I'd probably sell Tesla. Yeah. 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 But in the same way that like Emmer, I wouldn't, I I wouldn't sell my painting business, it would be the it would be the last thing I sell. For, no, I understand that, um, and and I feel the same about my business too in that line of thinking. Um, Emmer, I but just Tesla is know, your business as well, though. Just a heads up. Um, but it's a business that you'd be willing to sell before your couch. That's fucking insane. <laughs> like, do you see? Like, that's where that's where Emmer, I'm trying to go with the illogicalness here. I like, see what you're saying, but I like guess that, like I don't me, view them any different. For me, I, I actually like, you know how like you really, you know how like you really like the brand Patagonia, so you buy Patagonia? Yeah. For me, it's like, I really like the brand Tesla. It doesn't make sense for me to own a Tesla. So I still want to like have Tesla. I like the brand. I like the initiative. I like the ingenuity. I like the, the pioneering of the actual company. 
So I, yeah. I want to own a piece of it. That's why it's such a small component of what I. So it's just like I don't. Why buy I don't, a t-shirt I don't, though? I don't own nice clothes. Uh, generally speaking, like I don't have like designer clothing or anything. I don't. I don't spend money on things that are like that. But I just, for me, it's like I like having something like that in my portfolio. No, I get it, man. I get it. I get it. And it's like it's such a. You know, I think we're getting too caught up on the Tesla thing. I think it's just for me. I, I, I like to maybe maybe I, I just optimize for logic to a fault. But the, the way I look at things logically is if you can't logically explain why you own Tesla and it's just purely off emotions, like I love this brand, I want to give it my money. To me, that's not like unless it's like a, a, a human being, like a family, friend, spouse, to me, that just does not makes sense i think you could there's other things that you love more than tesla that could be using that money if your argument mm -hmm. is around love it's like oh i love and want to support my the tesla brand tesla doesn't know you're you exist and tesla gives you nothing in return whereas if you take that money and give it to miranda she'll going to return the return on the investment of love from her is going to be exponential and you might say oh well you know I don't think Miranda's going to love me more if I buy her some shoes or, or wallet. No, no, no. I'm saying like you can be smart with how you invest your money with Miranda and invest on an experience. You can set that money aside for your wedding. You can do things that can make you love her more so she becomes a better mother. Yeah. That's how I'm looking at it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I don't think if, that I don't think that line. I don't think that actually that lo that logic of investing monetarily in my partner makes her a better mother checks out. But I see where you're going with like how I can wait. How, how not? Sorry, us. hold on. What? How, how, how would investing in her to be a better mother? How would that not check out? Well, if you're talking about like throwing money at a person and saying, "I hope you become a better mother," that's not that's not what I said. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Like if you were to buy her books that she could read, or or buy yeah. her courses, that's or I think a that's course, yeah, yeah or yeah. surround her with with professional doulas or whatever yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. spend money to make miranda a better person i guess the, the 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 fault of this logic that i'm not really seeing is that i don't necessarily view tesla as an impediment for me to do any of those things like if i wanted to go and do all the things that you listed out to support miranda would i need to sell tesla no so it's like, but that's, but that's just like waste. It's like, why would you want waste? Right. But I, I'm trying to make it so that we're very clear here. Like there's no contingency of the money in Tesla, like the money that it's in Tesla, it could be doing other things. Yes. But the argument of, oh, you could be doing this with that money or, oh, you could be doing this with that money. It's like, I mean, look, I, I don't I know the size of your portfolio, Tesla, I, I can, but I can it sounds Tesla like, it sounds this. like at least a couple thousand dollars. So it's like. Like there's just like there's just that like that it's it's you know what I mean like that's it, that's a lot of money. <laughs> that is that's that's a Herman Miller chair that Miranda can sit on, that what will make her back Herman, better. Herman Miller. It's like the best chair on earth. It's like two thousand dollars, but like that's one <laughs> way, and that will hold its value too. Let me go take regardless of right, a recession. Right, guys, Miller. Let me Herman Miller. Let me let me digest all this information. I truly appreciate the support. Amher, try like $10,000 for one of their chairs. Yeah, yeah, they're higher, higher end ones for sure. But there's office chairs that they have that are around $2,000, $3,000. I mean, if you used. want one that looks like it's like used, these are crazy. Yeah, but even then, even if they're used, they what hold their value. The Dude, the I'm first one that pulled up was eighteen grand. Yeah, me too. That like, 
like modern looking. It looks one. like something from like fucking. It's a massage chair, so I mean, fair enough. But it's like no, it looks like, like something from like I'm, cyberpunk. Yeah, it's like, I would want to. I would want to invest in a Herman Miller. I spent oh no way, it's on sale. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's all. <laughs> I know, dude. I know. I'm fucking kidding. Um, okay. Uh, no. Interesting. But, like, like I, I actually, I appreciate your guys's concern or or you know well, it's not concern but like okay here's a better question at what point would you sell your tesla shares like like what's like what's it what's a I, checklist that's a great of... question i actually don't know that's crazy to me well okay Amber, at what point would you sell the microphone that's in front of you you know it's like no that's easy. a that's easy, easy yeah that's easy, a, question. Question. easy question easy question you ask you, me dude yeah ask that's the thing you can dude, ask name me a price, anything about I'll my life you. and where it is and i'll, yeah. and I'll tell you all dude, these numbers okay uh Amer, how much would how much would someone have to pay you in order to uh stab your little brother in his foot in his foot yeah in his foot well he'll get a part of the money so i'll negotiate with him he'll probably say something around a million so i don't know three million okay boom done right like it's like it's dude, like it, it, there's basically there's amount of money for anything guys right? you guys are insane i just want you to know that I don't like there's think like, like the, 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 the classic session like is like at all austin like there's the classic question that every man is always at and you know that you've had this conversation oh, before, stop, like, how stop, much stop, okay stop. No, no, i hate that question <laughs> this is a disgusting ass question okay no but I, I i i actually i truly do not think like that you don't think logically behind every decision you dude, make am you're telling me that I don't think that that's the anti like the the anti uh, like the antithesis of what you're saying. Okay, but how much would someone have? To, okay, like, okay, like look at you've okay. Your argument, guys, this is getting ridiculous. No, 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 like, no this it's is not. like no, Austin, it's actually it's not. not. I think you're getting Austin, defensive. Your argument is basically something along the lines of I get tangible benefit because I feel like I'm a part of something, right? Like, like that's your like you, you feel like you're a part of Tesla, or that's like what you're paying for. Because you're paying for something, right? You're paying for a feeling or whatever, right? Maybe you're paying yes. for the feeling of that money could grow. Maybe it's going to 10x, right? I don't know, right? Whatever you're paying for, there's tangible benefit, okay? Yeah, 100%. Would you agree? Yes. Okay. But of course, that tangible benefit has to have a price. Like, at what point do you say, you know what? Fucking, this guy's willing to pay way more. Like, like, <laughs> like for example, <coughs> like, there's a lot of things I really like in my house. But there's still a price that I'd be willing to sell it at. Like, how much would someone have to pay you in order for you to sell your Tesla? So you're asking me, at what point would the stock have to get to for me to sell it? Is what you're saying? Well, not the yeah, the stock. Yeah, the stock. How much the value of your shares? Like, like how? Like how? Yeah, how much would the share have to be at for you to sell it? I don't know. I'd say. Because the reason I bought this stock was because there was a sub like a, a subjective feeling to it. There's probably like I'll say a number, but I just want you to know it's total bullshit. Like I would never actually think this way when it comes to this one stock. Okay, so but okay, so I kind of baited it's, you it's into like, this. Like like so it's five like like let's say like I don't know let's say it's five thousand dollars a share. It's like, but that's just total bullshit because it's not like I would actually act in line with that. Okay, so, but it was kind of, I kind of baited you into this, but this is exactly my point. If you asked me how much I'd be willing to sell Smith & Wesson for, I'd say it depends on how the business is performing at that time, right? Because it's all relative 
to like the share price is completely irrelevant to the business value itself. Like, like if I told you tomorrow that Tesla was going bankrupt because there was a huge accounting scandal and it turned out that they actually were not making any of this money, your answer would instantly change. It wouldn't be, it would probably no longer be 5,000. It'd be whoever's willing to pay me anything. Right. Yeah. I guess if it was all going to zero and it was a complete fire sale shit show, then yeah, I would sell it. It would be the whole brand would fall apart. The whole company would fall apart. I don't know. I just, I guess where Amber and I are really just, we're interested in the fact that you are willing to own something just for, for no the reason. mere sake of yeah and that's what i was saying like i i appreciate your support and i want to think more about this because i had i just honestly for this one like stock like i said i truly believe it's a unicorn stock it makes no sense on how it changes it it, it can change in value in 30 percent in one day based on the ceo tweeting something it's fucking hilarious and insane and i think that because i know i've already 5x'd my money but i hold the same position I'm just going to keep holding that same size position, right? Like I, I've already subtracted out like 4X the return and it's doing things elsewhere that I do think in the same way that you guys are proposing. It's just like, to me, I like the brand. I like the initiative. I like how they pioneered electric vehicles that are sustainable. And I like the CEO. I like his initiative with space exploration. To me, it's just like, this is something that I want to stand behind as a consumer and as an, uh, as something that I, I like to see in the world. And if it goes to zero because there's a huge scandal, yeah, I'll sell it. If it gets to the point where it's doing really poorly, but the stock price is really high and it's been consistent over time, I'm going to consider selling it. But I don't think in terms but of- But why like, would you sell it? Why would you sell it even if it's going to zero if you're trying to support this vision? Well, the assumption, as I just said, was that I would I would support I would sell it if it was going to zero if there was like a massive scandal and the brand I'm supporting it turned out to be completely fraudulent. Well, why would you believe that scandal? That scandal could be false. Well, okay, we're just well, getting the leads now. I guess okay, but, okay, okay, I okay, would okay, have okay. to verify that. Austin, I'm I I don't know I I, just, I I'm of the belief that it's like you know it's like bros don't let bros own overpriced stocks. Well, I yeah. appreciate that, John. No, yeah, and and for me, it's just like. It does. It just doesn't make sense to me. That I, just I, is I can is. see that, Ammer, and I'm glad that you don't do things in that way and that you don't own Tesla. But I just want you to know that the reason of which I own Tesla, I don't necessarily need you to understand it or need you to have the same opinion or view it in the same way. Would you recommend that uh, Miranda buys Tesla? Not at this moment, no. What if, what if Miranda had put, I don't know, $100,000 into Tesla five years ago, and now she had half a million dollars? Considering that would take up the vast majority of her net worth, it would be, it'd be a very different conversation. And a very, I guess a very different way we'd look at it, right? Mm, fair enough. Fair enough. We actually, you know, interesting enough, uh, Trisha has a friend that will remain un unnamed that bought like something like, I, oh, I, I know. I know someone who bought it at seven dollars a share before. Oh no no I'm no 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 I'm talking about Bitcoin. Oh, okay. So even even crazier. So she even bought crazier. like she bought Bitcoin like in high school. Oh my god. And, and she still has it. She at the peak she had like half a million dollars. You know because it dropped a lot. But she had, I think at her peak she had like half a million dollars in Bitcoin, and Damn. she had spent like four thousand dollars on it or something like that. It's now sitting I think around like two twenty or two thirty or something like that. Um. Is, just but, insane 
but, but we didn't you know it was, it was just yeah her mom actually had even had like way more than she did too it was crazy yeah um i hate to be that guy i just looked at the clock it's 10 13 i gotta be up at five so i have it's all to good brother uh we got it you guys we gotta do whack versus wise Amr looks like he's he's on the edge of his chair what's up um i i just want to make sure i understood what you said i think it's, <laughs> it's just very, i think it's just very important for me just like to fully understand sure. you're saying the reason you still own tesla stock and won't sell is because you want to support the company no I, I, I there is a part of me that wants to support the company because I believe in what they've done in the past and that because they've pioneered a very sought after product in the coming century, I think that that will benefit them over time. That's one part. But I do primarily like, yeah, you're right. I do want to support them. The other side is that I truly believe that with my, you know, take take into consideration that like I, i'm not a stock market expert all all that i've observed in my timeline of owning this stock is that it can literally fluctuate 30 percent in 24 hours based on a fucking tweet okay now i find that somewhat hilarious interesting and just borderline entertaining and because it because i support the company as well and it doesn't necessarily get treated with the same evaluation criteria as other stocks like smith and wesson it just fluctuates randomly with very little predictability and so i've already made 400 percent return on it i've subtracted out 80 percent of my gain and i just want to let it sit there for a while why because i find it interesting entertaining and i love the brand and the initiative and what they've pioneered in the world so it's just like a form of entertainment no did you not hear anything I just said? That's what I heard. It's like it's a form of entertainment, and you want to support the company. Correct. How much you got to tell me? How much do you own in Tesla stock right now? Uh, it's has to be under. At this point, I'm just gonna look at the share price because I know how many shares exactly. Eight hundred a share. So I own four shares, so it's at thirty two hundred. But that, but that's it. The only two reasons you want to support the company and it's a form of entertainment. That's it. That's just, that's just want to get clear. I guess. On. I, I guess. Get, I want to get clear on the reasons. Packaged you own into it. that is that because it's unpredictable. Like when you say it's a source of entertainment, I want to unpack yes. that a bit. It's because it's unpredictable. It's tied in. It's interesting. It includes a, a right, an but it can go up. It can up. go down. It's not it, it, the the way that we evaluate stocks has not been proven to be effective with Tesla. Yeah, yeah it, it operates in its own well, like laws as of, of physics. Yet. As of you know, yet. John, 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 John. It seems from what you observed because you use that language, which I respect. From what you observed, Austin, at the time of you holding the stock. It's unpredictable, has its own rules in physics and evaluation, goes ups and down. So that is what's yeah, happening. It's in its own and the universe. outcome and the outcome of that is that it's entertaining to you. 
And then it, I, I do believe that over time, that effect will be net positive because of what it's created, because of what they've created in the world. Net, net positive for your profits or for the world? Both. Because they've innovated such a sustainable way to produce electric powered vehicles, I do think that in the long term, they will be rewarded for that despite their market capitalization. That's my belief. Mm. Wouldn't it be better to support Tesla by buying a Tesla than to own 3,200? Once I'm no longer uh, running a roofing company day by day, I will own a Tesla. Because right now it just doesn't make sense with the amount of driving and... It, Man, Tesla's got a super interesting thing, you know, that way. Okay. Super I'm not like a brand. I'm not like a Tesla super fan. I'm not like, oh my god, Tesla, Tesla. I'm just like I, I truly appreciate what they've done to the world. I just I couldn't say what kind of car I'm gonna own next. But it's, it's interesting 100%. that like, like No, but I find it super interesting that like Tesla has a strong enough brand that people are like, Yeah, I'm gonna own a Tesla next. Whereas like like I don't yeah, even know what kind of vehicle it's... I'm gonna buy next. Like yeah, I drove I a Volkswagen, another, but I, I have like no another... allegiance to it. Like I'm not necessarily gonna buy another Volkswagen. Austin, do you know why I was asking you those questions? And and why I even like really wanted to spend like 40 minutes on this? Um is it because you care about me? <laughs> yes. What else? <laughs> Dude, Austin, we're just really that's concerned not, that's that you're going to end up being a drug the... addict in Las Vegas. Yeah, no, I know. Las Vegas. I know. That's that's not it. No, but actually what um... else? Um You want to make sure the way I make decisions is sustainable for my life. Yeah, thank you. That's it. Yeah. And, and that and seemed Amber, to be like a decision that wasn't fully investigated by you until maybe now. Well, I, I you know what? Is, you know what? I had never in the, my whole timeline of owning the stock and also just being a supporter of Tesla, whatever that meant, whether I was owning the stock or not, I had never thought about it in this depth. And I've realized that the way i think uh, the way i've rationalized my ownership of the stock um i hadn't articulated to myself in this way yes right? so and, and and i would want you to do that with every decision ever of course yeah that that's perfect you've definitely set the bar for you know and and that's the value of this call is like there's a few things that pass the pass the john and ammer test you know, Tesla does not pass the John and Amber. I I'm very yeah. clear on Tesla getting the big old F on uh, on the John and Amber test. Um, Next call, Aunt Austin's be like, "Yeah, guys, I bought DraftKings." <laughs> 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 guys, I bought Bitcoin, DraftKings, shitcoin. Isn't that you, you the know craziest what's thing though? Six. They had like seventy percent. Was it sixty percent of their uh, their revenue yeah, yeah. was eaten up by stock options it's crazy yeah yeah also one thing i was thinking about that i think us three can do extremely efficiently in an in an in w under one umbrella as a company that i think can create us immense wealth is podcast ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i've actually been thinking about this a lot because i would love to do business with all with all of you guys right um i think the business that is able to do that is our ability to full-time buy and flip contracting businesses. I, I think John I, agree. I, I agree. think John has the 
knowledge and expertise to not only find these deals, but also read the deals, structure the deals, and finance as well as sell at the right prices. Austin, you have the experience of being on the ground of actually flipping and changing the culture and training the people. And I'm now becoming an expert at creating the backend systems which is going to be the skeleton of well, Amber, what you're talking actually, about. That's actually insane. So it's we have that between not, the th- So Amr, what you're talking about is a private equity closed fund. Yes. So we would own a fund that owns a whole bunch of Typically, businesses. yeah, typically um, it's actually so quite Amber, common. I, I so like you would you would like raise you would Austin, do you know how like how Matt uh, uh, Matt Andrews. Andrews raises money to buy real estate? Yeah, I don't yeah. There's there's businesses out there, like a business model out there, where you raise money to buy private businesses. Yes, and, and I think then, we can do that really well. And I think that has infinite upside and has the biggest upside of us creating the. Okay, biggest Austin, model. you have to make a decision right now. Go. Yeah. <laughs> You're down. Seriously, I'm down. Isn't that fun, John? Would you like something like that, dude? That would be so much fun. Are you kidding me? Now, Let's in saying go, that, man. though. We'd have to do it in the United States. Oh, I got you. I got the in. I'm, I'm building all those relationships for us. Don't worry. Okay, well, if I'm moving to the U.S. to fucking raid a, a business, I'm definitely going to need to buy Miranda more than a fucking chair. That's for sure. So I might need to sell Tesla after all, for fuck's sakes. That's your yeah. long-term approach there, Amor. <laughs> okay, I gotta, we can I, all I move to Tennessee. To oh, dude, say less. But, but, but you guys should write this somewhere. I have it actually written down somewhere. Of a, of a private fund where we buy distressed contracting businesses and either flip them to sell or flip to hold. And I think the three of us has the com- have the combined expertise to do that in a highly efficient, disruptive manner. Sell me less on this. On this. I'm so interested. Yeah. I, I think the way you should be looking at Rydell is as your first case study. Oh, I And have, I think Austin, as, I and I think for John, as he's starting to um, work with um, Pure Air to practice his financial etiquette and understanding of the numbers of what it looks like to put a manager in place for a business that he does not run, and he's going to do the same in his own business. And I'm doing the same within my business to develop these systems so that they can be deployed to any trade in any business at any level below $2 million a year in revenue. So think think big boys because that's all I think about. And I think there's just uh, the upside on something like that is just more fun. It allows to travel to more places and uh, allows to make more money than ever. And I think there's a lot of people listening who would be happy to invest in a fund like that. Oh, man. I would be immensely down. Yeah, I, I raised a million dollars to Matt Andrews in under six months. I can't imagine what the three of us can raise for this for this fund. I'm just saying. Ammer, I just told you four seconds or four whatever ago. I am down. I know you're waiting for John's approval, but like I'm John already said, he's in. Okay. Okay, Austin. Good night. We're gonna do whack versus wise. Okay, boys. Dude, you're gonna you're gonna miss some whack whack shit. It has a billion views. That's bad. Yeah. We'll find you on the recording. Okay. See you guys. Peace. I'm going to make you host dinner. Yeah, cool. There he goes.
Good night, Austin. Segment is now underway. I got a good quote I can read. It's too bad uh, Austin went to bed, but okay. I uh, I got a good wax song we can listen to. Do you know who I actually like is Little Peep? Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, we played a song by him. Yeah, I like him. I like his uh, song called Witchblades. Witchblades. Cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. Black jeans. We, you read that song. Yeah, no, I think that was on the podcast. I think that's where I heard about it first. Although I watched a documentary yeah. with my mom about how he like. Yeah, 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 you told me. Yeah, he died or whatever. Yeah. In one of his songs, I think it even talks about how people like are like remembered more after they die than. I listen to it when I run. It's pretty dark, but it's like, kind of like weird. Huh. It's like motivating in a weird way. Interesting. You're yeah. such a dark fella. Dude, it is super interesting. I love his songs. Awful things. Good. So this is Doja Cat. Doja Cat? Yeah, this song has 220, 212 million views on YouTube and 700 million views on Spotify. So combining Apple Music, we're well beyond the billion view range. Ladies so and insane. So How much do you think uh, she earns off that? A couple of dollars. It's insane. A couple. What's your size? Size. Add, subtract, divide, divide. Daddy, don't throw no curves. Curves. Hold up. I'm going wide. Wide. We could just start at 10. 10. Then we could go to 5. 5. I don't play with my pen. Pen. I mean what I write. Yeah, yeah. Woa, woa, woa. I just can't help but be sexual. Woa. Tell me your schedule. Yeah. I got a lot of new tricks for you, baby. Just saying I'm flexible. I will. I do what I can to get you off. I will. Might just fuck him with my makeup on. I will. Eat it like I need an apron on. Yeah. A. Eat it till I need to change my thong. Yeah. A. We could do it to your favorite song. Yeah. A. Take a ride into the danger zone you know my n-word be bugging me i just be wondering if you can fuck on me better 
itching for me like an ugly sweater. Need it in me like Chuck E. Need cheddar. I need to know. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I, oh, yeah, so we brutal. Just, this is... Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Please okay. cleanse us, Father John. This is actually really timeful. So this is uh, this is from a book uh, by Maggie Mahar. It's, it's called... Uh, It's called a it's called Bowl, a history of boom and bust. Okay. Cycles then drive markets. Three steps forward, two back. Without the alternating rhythms of expansion and contraction, rising prices and falling prices, there would be no movement. In Grant's terms, a boom is just capitalism's way of setting up the next bust. This is not to say that booms should be regretted. Often they mark a major technological advance the discovery of new resources or new lands. But since the limit of the new discovery is unknown, there is no clear way to measure its value. The prospect for profits is open-ended and lacking a measuring stick. The human imagination tends to ear in the side of desire, envisioning boundless profits. Promoters further encourage imaginative excess and so in the natural course of things a boom can easily turn into a bubble meanwhile the new technology does change the world transforming entire industries and raising standards of living nations wide sometimes even globally but that does not mean that the investors who bought the pioneers at their peak make money great technologies don't necessarily make great stocks Austin, please, brother, please wake up and listen to yeah. these words, <laughs> dude. Is that not the most timely fucking quote? It's just, it's just, it's just gonna hit him while he's driving back, you know. Um, it is, it is. And I read that quote, and as soon as I heard those first three words, I was like, oh man. Yeah, what, no, it's a, a good quote. quote. It's a good quote, you know, because it's so true, man. It's like, oh, it, being early on something does is it exists, you know does I wanted to ask you uh, one thing before we go here what was the uh, how can I frame this You know the term, like, how, like, you can outgrow people? You've heard that term. It's like, oh, like, he's he's outgrown her. Mm-hmm. She's outgrown phrase, him. Yeah. He's outgrown them. Have you ever, like, felt that? Or are you starting to feel that now? Yeah, I would say that not only have I felt it many times in the past, but I I still feel it to this day with certain individuals in my life for sure. And also, <sighs> yeah. I've actually I've actually felt it with certain individuals before, and then they make up ground in my eyes. Oh yeah, yeah, they catch up. Yeah, yeah. I um on on in, in like November, I felt like I was falling behind. I felt I felt like I was falling behind between um, some of my friends because my just my mindset wasn't there. So yeah, no, I get it, but I'm starting to feel that outgrownness. 
a lot and like, it's made it as in you've outgrown people or they've outgrown you no no i've outgrown people and it and it makes me a little bit sad and i and i wonder if that's what you meant by the sadness yeah dude for sure man um you know i, I the other day i was um so okay so my best friend growing up Amher, was uh was a guy named Sean and uh he was actually so when i moved from nelson to kelowna the very first guy that i ever met his name was Sean and i it's kind of a funny story actually here's how i met him so i don't know if i if i remember if i ever told you this but the reason why my initial thesis on why i wanted to move to kelowna was that i wanted to be an nfl running back yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. And so the first, the very first day of football practice, I show up and it's at like this elementary school and there's two football teams practicing. There's one team that's like fucking like the biggest guys you've ever seen in your entire life. And there's one team that's like super small. So I look at the two teams, I'm like, okay, small team. That's, that's me. So I kind of walk up playing with them for a little bit. And uh, I noticed that I was like quite a bit faster than all of them. And I was also like noticeably like just like more mature, like, like, just like, you know, I was paying attention when other people were like kind of playing with like, you know, picking grasses or whatever. And finally, when we all took our helmets off, like, you know, halfway through the practice, I realized, oh my God, like these guys are all like three or four years younger than me. And I said, and I walked up to the coach and said, Hey, like what's, you know, what's going on here? And he's like, well, how old are you? I was like, well, I'm 12. He's like, oh yeah, no, this is like the, this is the U10 team. Like you need to go over there on the U14 team. I'm like, what? So I, I had to like walk over to this other, other, the other coach and be like, Hey, it's like, I guess I'm supposed to be practicing you guys. I was over there. And I'm like the smallest guy on the whole team. He's like, Oh, okay. Like, so like you're on the team. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, okay, well, what position do you play? I'm like, well, uh, I, you know, I'm like, I'm like I've been rethinking my entire life. I'm like, well, I, I want to be running back. He's like, you want to be a running? He looks at me and he's like, you want to be a running back? You know, I'm like, dude, the thinnest, skinniest, like shortest kid you like on the whole fucking team. Like there was not a smaller kid than me. He's like, sure. Gives me the ball. Uh, uh, we do an Oklahoma drill where basically, either way, just make a difference. I didn't move. I just stood there and just like, you know, ran in place basically and just got fucking to- totally just taken out. Anyway, this guy helps me. His name's Sean. Okay, so best friend I met. You know, we spent all of middle school together, all of high school together. I mean, I used to wake up in high school every single morning and call Sean, but hey, man, what are we doing today? You know, like that. You know, he was my best friend. I looked up to him. He was the star. He actually was a really good player. You know, being the star quarterback for a football team, he broke like every single record on the on the team. He was like, he was like the guy. Like he was just super cool. I looked up to him so much. And when we graduated high school, you know, things changed, right? And you know, in high school, I was just a, I was, I wasn't even a nerd in high school. I was kind of like a, you know, I, I didn't really know where I fit in. And and uh, like I said, I like looked up to the kid, right? And after high school, you know, the DUIs were no longer funny, you know, um, working at a fencing company, for example, like, you know, putting up chain link fencing, like in high school, it's like you're making 20 bucks an hour. It's like really good money. Once you're out of high school, it's like you're just another dude making $20 an hour, right? Working a general labor job, partying on the weekends, you know, doing cocaine, doing Xanax, selling drugs, like, you know, a lot of stuff. It's just, it's no longer cool after high school, right? Like, it's just, you know. And then sure enough, you know, multiple years of me running my business, I started making more money and, and I, I had a, a clear vision of where I wanted to go. And his was like his next five years looked like they, like the last five years, you know, or whatever. And I'm, I, so I, I, you know, had a conversation with him and 
And uh, it was a very similar conversation about higher, lower quality individuals that I've had with, that I had with you in Austin. And I basically, you know, I explained to them my beliefs on, on individuals and others, higher and lower quality individuals. And I didn't think that we should be friends anymore. And it was a super hard conversation. And, uh, you know, I basically haven't talked to him since. And the other day I was driving by, I was, it was bring your boss to work day. So I was, I was in the car with Jocelyn and, uh, we were driving and sure enough, we were driving by one of our job sites and there was Sean, he was putting up a chain link fence and he gained considerable amount of weight. And I saw him and I was like, Holy fuck. Like, I was like, that's, did you say hello? No, no. We were driving by, like, it was just like, it was like a, a quick thing. And I remember being like, that was my best friend growing up, like my best friend I knew him for like six years. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. But in saying that though, like he didn't want the same things that I wanted. Right. Like clearly, I mean, he's still doing what he was doing, you know, six years ago. Right. Like it's the same thing. Right. And, and so it's, I'm in a totally different place and it's just, it wouldn't really like, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be good friends to this day. You know, I, I brought my friend that we, we, we were debating about, about higher quality, lower quality. Remember we had that debate. It was, it was actually me and you. Austin wasn't on that one. Oh, okay. And I sat him in the car and I made him listen to it. I'm like, what do you, what do you think about my argument? What do you think about John's argument? What do you think about this whole conversation? And he just couldn't help but agree with you. That he was like a, in, 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 he said he was in the middle. He agreed that there are higher quality and lower quality people, but he can see how different people are optimizing. But then he opened up to me for the first time ever. He's like, well, I, I can't help but tell you, man, like the reason I kind of agree with John is because my happiness is like struggling as well. I'm like, what? What do you mean? I thought you were always happy. Like, that's what you always told me. He's like, yeah, man, but there's just like moments that rob me of my happiness. Like when a girl asks me, like, what do I do for work? Or if I go to school, like I have to lie. Or other words, I can't be with this girl. Oh, that's like, oh, super interesting. You... Yeah. But I'm like, I thought you didn't care about like lying to girls. He's like, yeah, man, but like, you know how much it sucks when I have to lie that I, because he doesn't have a job, right? He's just like, I have to lie that I work construction, but I'm off this week. Like, that's my lie. Or that, oh, where do I go to school? It's like, oh, like I went to this school, but I like I didn't even finish. Like, you know how much that hurts me? And I was just like, whoa. Like, these people are in pain, you know? Dude, I, I had a, I, I remember going to a party, I don't know, maybe a year ago, a Halloween party or, some, or something like that, okay? And uh, there was this guy, and I was like, you know, just, we happened to just like kind of, you know, we were watching the same beer pong game or whatever. And, and I remember asking like, Hey, like, you know, we kind of got chatting about, you know, whatever, how, how do you know talent or whatever, you know? And, uh, I was like, yeah, what do you do for work, man? And I forget what he said. It's not really the point, but it's the way he fucking said it. He's like, Oh yeah, no, I'm like, you know, I'm just kind of like, just kind of, you know, doing my thing right now, you know, just, you know, maybe go back to school. But uh, you know, I work as like an X, Y, Z thing. I'm like, what a weird way of saying what you do for work. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like it was the most like, like, yeah. you know what I mean? It was That's like so painful. Yeah. But it's, it's super interesting. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just, thought it was interesting. Yeah. It's just like, he, he, like you could tell he was not, wasn't proud of it. Like he was embarrassed and I was, you know, um, 
I went to um it even came up that he lived with his parents too. Yeah. Cause I because I, I think I was asking, like, are you driving home or whatever? And he's like, No, I'm walking home. I, you know, I live with my parents still. I'm like Oh, I think weird, the living right? with your parents thing is, is no, 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 no. I'm but not the way saying he said no, no. It. I'm not. No, it's the way he said. It. I'm not like, dude. Like, dude. Oh, I tell people gotcha. I'm a house painter. And someone's like, oh, what do you do for? Yeah, it? I'm like, oh, so yeah. I was about to tell you. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a house painter. You. I paint people's homes. Like, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, think you know yeah, what I mean. Like, yeah, I, yeah. There's no like, so I, I'm not judging someone if they fucking live at their like, dude. That's the way they say it. Yeah, it's it's no, it's it's his. Like, it's interesting that he was anticipating me judging him on that. You know, he's like, oh well, you know, I still live with my parents, dude. Whereas I'd be like, I, Fair I, the enough. first thing, yeah, yeah, like the first thing I said to him, like, yeah, it's awesome, man. Like you're probably saving a lot of fucking money. Yeah. He's like, yeah, no, I am. I'm like, yeah, well, good. You know, like, like, what, like yeah. nothing wrong yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah. Like, we, you know, it's like, I'm not, like, I'm not gonna be yeah. like, oh, I live on my own. Like, you know, he's like, I'm not gonna that dude. Like, you know, but it's interesting no, no, that, no. you know, that that's how people communicate, right? Like they're trying to like, I don't know. You can see a lot of people's insecurities when you ask them what they do for work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when people ask me what car I drive. I tell them I don't own a vehicle proudly. And then they're like, why? And then I just go into a, a tirade. Why for my specific situation, it would make zero sense for me to own a vehicle. No, I really wouldn't. But, but um, I went to, uh, it was supposed to be a networking event, but then it turned into like a, a party because it failed as a networking event. So I just ended up going to a party and people asked me what I did for work. I was just like, yep, I'm an online teacher. And I want to get your opinion on that because I found that, it was really good for me to say that because it got straight to the point for me to have a good quality conversation with that person. I found if I actually explained what I do, sometimes people's guards go up. Yeah, like dude, if you 100%. Explain, like, That's it's like, oh, oh my name's it. John. Yeah. I, run a, I run a million dollar painting business. It's like, oh, like their ego goes up and then they're not as open to you and then they feel like outcasted. But if you say, oh, I'm a house painter, then it's like you can actually have a proper conversation where they can maybe meet you eye to eye and I've, i found that fascinating that was like a fascinating thing to go for me to go through. i have found there to be no benefit to yes. talking myself up during yes. the introduction and i have correct effectively only found benefit in downplaying yes. myself dude a hundred percent yeah i tried to explain that to one of my friends yeah and his counter argument and he's a very successful person as well his argument was that you should be proud of what you do and that you can't control how people react and that some people will be turned off i think i think it's it's a solid i think it's a solid um i think it's a solid argument like uh like at a bank if someone asks me what i do i usually just say i'm an investment manager which is not technically wrong like i manage my own investments like including my painting business like it's not you know what i mean like it's just but it's but it's just way easier to explain you know because a lot of times if I'm having to describe my income, it's kind of, kind of strange, you know, like it's not, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not common for someone my age to have a structure like mine. So, yeah. Like I remember, sorry, I, 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 I went and got a Costco membership and, and they were asking me like what I do for work. And I was like trying to like look for like business owners, like I couldn't find anything. I like put a thing down and yeah. And sure enough, you know. <sighs> yeah dude it's tough well even dude i mean even think about this man like uh like even like like breaking up with my financial advisor like that was a tough it was like oh I, you like, did it yeah yeah how'd it go oh totally fine i mean i i mean he doesn't have any say it's basically like did you, you know. call him yeah 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 
What'd you say? I mean, he kind of saw it coming in the sense that, like, he's like, yeah, man, like, you know, like, like, it doesn't, like, you know, like, he's like, I thought it was kind of unusual anyways, because of, like, you know, your personality and how active you are. It's like, it doesn't, you know, like, I get it. Like, and I wasn't, like, really getting, like, served by, by it that well, so. And he just sends you all the money in your account? Yeah, it'll hit my bank account actually tomorrow. Nice. What what are you doing to find and network and add people to your life who are way better than you? I um try and find people that are dead. <laughs> Fair enough. They they fight back less. You, you, yeah, you do that. You do that. You do that pretty well. Actually. I um no, I I read a lot. I uh, I like to. I like to find people that are, that I can read a lot about and learn. Like, you know, like, I mean, for example, like, I mean, I can, like, there's like eight different books on Warren Buffett. I mean, 20 different books on Warren Buffett. So it's like Warren Buffett's like, I would consider like, you know, he doesn't know me, but he's one of my best friends. Like I, you know, I mean, I, I, like I could explain, I, I could, I could tell you more about his life than I could Trisha's. Wow. Dude, that Berkshire Hathaway University was just crazy every quote you sent me from that was crazy yeah well but i mean like even put it this way like so like i like i spend a lot of time with him like like listening to him like when i'm like when i'm like for example like i'm at like like i like i basically wow. have like a, a few hours of phone calls with him every week like in the sense that like, <laughs> i'm listening to him speak like in my car when i'm driving like I did, I listened, I listened to every single annual shareholder meeting, including the one I'm working on right now. Cause it's like a six hour event. I'm like five hours in, I got an hour left. Right. But I also listened to all of the, you know, like people that I look up to in the investment community that are also that like do their feedback or their analysis of the, of the meeting. Right. But I listened to every single one back to like 1986. They're like each like four to six hours. <laughs> like i mean what is that like four ten so 32 yeah 30 what is it 36 times by four I mean, we're talking 200 about, hours yeah we're talking about like 180 hours or 160 hours of of phone calls that i've had with him in the last you know couple of years like just just in him's talking right so it's you know like i've probably spent more time with warren buffett than any other person in my entire life like sorry, like uh, in the last cool. in the last three years, right? Um, you know, like John D. I mean, I was even, I was even, I, I, I really look up to Erwin Rommel. You know, like he, his books right there. I, I look, I mean, I look at him a lot. Huh. He's sitting, you know, he's sitting there staring at me. I got Steve Jobs' book up there. He's staring at me every fucking day. Right? I got Marcus Aurelius right here. Like these are these are these people that I look up to and these people that I want to be friends with. They're dead, so it's kind of fucking weird when you say it that way, but. Ultimately, uh, you know, you are the five people you surround yourself with, and those are the people I surround myself with. Where, where do you um, where do you listen to these audios on YouTube? Like for the annual shareholder meeting? Yeah. No, there's it's the, on their website, dude. No, there's huge fans of Warren Buffett. There's a there's a there's a, a podcast channel where he uploads all of them. Now, I'm going to warn you what? right now, they're super, su like, unless you're into it, they're super dry. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. Trisha would passed out in like literally 45 <laughs> seconds. 
<laughs> what, what, what do I type in? Warren Buffett what? You could probably just type in uh, Berkshire Hathaway annual shareholder meeting. <laughs> I don't know if it's on Spotify, though. I think, I think Yeah, I found it instantly. Oh, yeah, four and a half hours. How many? Uh, damn. How far back does that one go? Does it go to 1986? 1994. Oh, okay. That might, that might actually be correct. It might be the same one. 94. Yeah. 94. Might be. Ah, I feel like I was going earlier than that. But anyway, point being, though. Um, cool. Yeah. Read his letters. I read, I I read his biographies, you know? So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess, bring back to the question, how do I find people better than me? I try and find ones that uh, people write about. I mean, even like like Peter Thiel, you know, like I read a lot about him. Did you ever hear of the of the PayPal Mafia? Yeah, dude, there's this really good book called The Founders by uh, Jimmy Sony. It's a really good book. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised you know that. That's, actually, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, dude, I've read, all stu- I've read, it's I, crazy. not only did I read about the PayPal Mafia, but I've also read the biographies, you know, whatever's available, all the people that were part of it too. Yeah. If, if you're listening to this, just look up PayPal Mafia and you, and, and you'll find it's some pretty insane. Really? It's pretty crazy shit, man. <laughs> well, like LinkedIn, uh, Tesla, Palantir Technologies. But let them Yammer. discover it. Let them discover the rest. There's like some insane companies that have been There's started by people who've worked at PayPal. too. Yeah some good shit i see all right man appreciate it what are you doing the rest of the night um well trisha's at work she's working at 7 p.m to 7 a.m shift so probably probably go get myself some dinner and read and go to bed and get some short rib did you, did you try shawarma yet? What's that? Come on. We already talked about this. No, I, I literally don't know. This was like, t- like I don't know, 10 calls ago when I told you about trying a shawarma. And you were a like, shawarma? what's that? And then we looked up shawarma places. And then you're like, oh, I might try it. Is it like a like a wrap? Yeah. Like a donair? Kind of. Oh, yeah, I think I've had one of these. <laughs> Why is that way? One of these. Why you gotta say stuff so white? One of these. I've had me a donair. Yeah, I think I had one of these. <laughs> like a gyro one? Is it make a gyro one? A gyro. You know, like I think it's a gyro, it's like fifty fifty or something like that. Yeah. First of all, it's a gyro. Yeah. Oh, oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what literally I'm saying, the man. most white shit. Yeah, a gyro. Saying, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gyrated as I ate this gyro. Is it actually put it as gyro? Yes, it's Greek. Oh, okay, so I've been Jordanian. No, no, it's not. Anyways. Okay, brother. Um good chatting with you. Yeah, as always. Okay, talk soon. Have a good night, man. Hey listeners, thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the weekly call pod or through email at the weekly call pod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material and just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.